Surprise, surprise. Galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turns with Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's the Collective Cast. It's a strangely on-topic episode all about Lando and his skiff disguise, as Sky and Steve talk about the character, his outfit, and a lot about his toys. Longtime hobby mainstay David Gall joins the show to discuss his absolutely incredible skiff focus, to posit that many of his Argentinian prototypes might be false, and to unveil a never-before-seen Kenner photograph. Plus, he lends his talents to the Kenner Commercial Theater and MarketWatch game. All this, plus a lot of unloved items, a discussion of Disneyland, and a WTF, are we good, moment with Michael Havens. All this on the first ever Hundo Broken Kivecast. <laughs> wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 101. I don't know, that sounds weird, right? <laughs> it does. You know, Steve, I was thinking we could start with a, a geography lesson for California. So most people don't know this, but the way you can tell the difference between North and South California, like Northern and Southern California, is how you say there's a route, auto route, highway 101. And at a certain point, for reasons that no, oh, that's my, my text message, for reasons unknown to anybody on earth, at a certain point, people say the 101. And that's, yeah. that starts somewhere. Where does that start, Steve? I don't know. I mean, so I grew up in Santa Barbara and, and everyone growing up around me said the 101. And so I think Santa Barbara is kind of like maybe just on the fringe yep. of Southern California. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, but but that's definitely always... when, when you when you pick it up in San Francisco or whatever, you know, you take 101 and then eventually it becomes the 101. It's like a, it's like a shibboleth. Like if you had to figure out like, who was who was northern and who was southern? So yeah, Steve. So this is the one hundred and one, um, and it's an episode all about Lando Skiff. That's right. Yeah, I I, I think this is not going to be very Gargan Largan. Um, la- last episode, you know, we talked about Serbia and Iceland, and it was you know got a lot of good response to it. Um, definitely went into non Star Wars areas. I'm ready just to talk about Lando Skiff. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be an abnormally normal Kivecast. Right? Yes. And I'm going to start with my movie thought, Steve. Okay. All right. Is Lando Calrissian the bravest character in the Star Wars trilogy? Ah. Like, think of it this way, right? Like, he has the reputation as being a coward, right? Because he, he turned on, on, on Han, right? Right, right. First of all... He strikes out on his own and he's like a gambler, but he like starts his own small business and like runs an entire planet. That's already, that takes a lot of bravery. And then he like has to make a terrible compromise and he compromises and lets the entire empire take over his whole thing. And then he stands up against the empire. Like he, he makes that turn. He makes a complete enemy of the rebellion and a complete enemy of the empire in the same day. He risks his life. He gets like strangled to death. And he manages to, to risk it. And then when you think he would be done, he's apparently so racked by guilt for ever having sold out his friend, which, by the way, by selling out his friend, he was presumably saving thousands of lives, right? I mean, all the right, people. Right. And, and then he gets dressed up like a skiff guard to go save his friend, you know? 
Like yeah, he, he put yeah. himself in the belly of the beast. He was living there. Who else was doing yeah. that, Steve? Like, that's, uh, that's... like C3PO and R2D2, they're not brave. They're they're just robots. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's then funny. Uh, yeah. he goes into the Death Star. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm putting that out there. Is he the bravest? Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny and that you mentioned this it, it brings to mind one of my I think my favorite Lando line in the entire series so far is uh it's when Chewie yells at him to turn back around to go get Luke. And I think at this point, it, this, this is his response to all the flack he gets. He's just, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's, yeah, he gets, uh, I feel like, yeah, at least historically, he got a lot of flack that he, he probably didn't deserve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was in an impossible situation. He represents the best, I think, the, the impact that the Empire has on everybody. You know, yeah, that, that right. he, he just, he wants to be free of it, he but he can't escape it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's a little bit ironic. I say that, Steve. I, I am <laughs> drinking from my Emperor Cup, as I always do, <laughs> even though it contains lethal amounts of lead. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and I am, for the first time, recording in my Emperor chair, Steve. Ah, so finally, it's it's been delivered. It's all, it's all there. Wow. Yeah. So, free plug for Regal Robot. If you're on yeah. the fence about getting one of these chairs... What are you doing with that $1,300 that's better than having a leather chair that's comfortable, stylish, looks like it's mid-century modern, but is actually the emperor's chair? It's it's totally worth it. All it takes is one little pillow in the lumbar. Surprisingly, it doesn't have good lumbar support. Good chair, good chair. Nice lumbar support. Great view of utter blackness. Um, but that's about it, and it's a, it's a perfect chair. So I'm, I'm recording in that. That's, that's pretty oh, exciting. That's, uh... Uh, that is very exciting, very fitting, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and there's other yeah. non non Lando stuff you want to talk about, Steve. You said we're going to be planning the archive party. Is that right? <laughs> well, I figured we should probably start, given that uh, <sighs> it, it's a uh, it's a year away now. Oh God, yeah. Uh, all right. So it, that's that's if every uh, every place in in Anaheim hasn't been booked up already. <laughs> I'm sure it already has. We'll get Jason <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll be our, our magic uh, our magic elf yeah um, yeah i i hope so <laughs> uh, and um, then also on the notes uh I, you know okay so you've been posting pictures from galaxy's edge the the disney yeah. thing and yeah. i said on facebook that you should talk about it on the show but i don't know if you should <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say um i mean i i, I mean i i'm lucky that Growing up around here, I got to go to Disneyland a lot as a kid, so I've always I've always had, you know, an affinity for it, and it's, yeah, I I feel like it's getting talked about a lot in in ways that may not be all that great, but um, I'll just say yeah, it's a great place to hang out. Like I I don't I'm I think a lot of the the uh, the attractions and the the merch and all that is kind of it's beyond me, but just walking around and and soaking it in is is pretty great i'll just say that um, that's interesting because that's kind of like um like the animal kingdom the the world in in orlando yeah, see, i've never i haven't been there yet yeah it, i haven't been to the one in florida in so long it, it's really like if i tried to tell you why it's great it's great because of a term that they use you know theming you know because yeah because you know, right. D- disney despised uh thrill parks right like he he didn't want to make thrill rides he had no interest right. in that it was all about theming yeah and so yeah. It, you know i'm actually gonna make another point steve 
okay. the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a yes. Time in, in Hollywood. Right, right. It, I was wondering what your take was on that. Well, it's getting a lot of flack because it doesn't do what Tarantino movies do, which is basically be just a series of badass scenes with badass dudes talking badass ways and like awesome things that you remember. Remember that scene? Remember that scene? Yeah. Like, Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood is like, it's like a, it's a tone poem. It's like a George Lucas in, you know, dream. Yeah. It's like, right. there's very little that happens. You can't really hold on to anything. But it's right. like a themed world where you are yeah. in Hollywood in 1969. Yeah. So yeah. that's what Galaxy's Edge, from the way you're describing it, sounds like. I, I think that's really accurate. Yeah. I mean, and I also, you know, people, I feel like this is an unpopular opinion, is that you know, because they made it its own thing, that it, that makes it worse. And I actually think it, it makes it better. You mean instead of being thing. Tatooine, instead of being like it's its right. own planet that's never been in Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it feels a lot more authentic than I think walking into Tatooine. Though L.A. is a desert, so maybe not. But right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I like the fact that it's its own thing that has its own identity, but it's still very very star wars once you're there and kind of walking around and checking it out you you don't feel cheated or, or cheaped out it feels pretty uh pretty worth it um, well, you see now yeah this is the first time i've ever actually wanted to go because what i've yeah. heard about it is why it's a disappointment yeah but, and i feel like that's what's getting most of the attention i haven't i i yeah I, i've been twice and i think even without whatever the crazy ride's gonna be i still enjoyed just kind of hanging out like that was I don't know, and I, I maybe that's uh, that's setting the bar too low, but I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, but that's what most places can't do, you know. Like, like, like right. you go to Six Flags and you take the Superman ride, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing ride. I love it. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. But <laughs> it didn't transport me to the world of Superman. <laughs> exactly. <know? laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. The closest thing you got was that kind of weird statue when you walked in and then, then you're on the ride and that's it. You know, right. that's and, yeah. and what I think people want is Superman the ride, but have a Darth Vader at the top, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I hope we get to go together at some point. I know we, we initially talked about maybe doing that this summer, um, but obviously <laughs> things changed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we, we got to go at some point. I, but, I got married uh, and ended up in, in Serbia. <laughs> in Serbia, yeah. I, I will say one thing. Uh, so for the cantina, that that's kind of the, to me, that was the, the highlight of, of what I saw. And, and the reason is that it doesn't mimic the Mos Eisley cantina. It's its own thing. But uh, they have this amazing soundtrack in there. And I, I feel like my sister, who, who she's, she's way more hip in terms of music than, than I am. And she's like, I want to buy this soundtrack. Like, where can I get this music? And we looked and like, yeah, they don't sell it. It's only there. And <laughs> of course, it's the, the Paul Rubens droid that's DJing in there, which, which is great. But wow. yeah, I, I think I'm curious to hear what your take on their like 80s synth pop kind of weird star wars music they have uh playing in there i, I don't know that's well, one of those things like i really appreciated that i don't know if uh, the other people were all that into it as much as like my sister and i were <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean that that sounds like what i liked about disney from what i remember of it the few times i've been yeah it definitely is like the stupid tiki song in the tiki room or the electric <laughs> light orchestra whatever that thing is they play at the yeah. end that they ripped right, off right. from some guy um but still like 
that that is a fun thing like the sense that you're hearing music that you don't hear anywhere else like they're yeah. not they're not playing they they like i guess they play a, a remix of it like once or like every couple of hours and they make a little joke out of it but everything else is all its own thing it's all you know brand new and so really uh, what this sounds like to me is the problem that star wars has with everything which is yeah. if it plays it safe everyone on the internet gets upset because they played it safe yes. if they do something new everyone gets upset because they did something new yep and yep. we're just stuck and what you have to do is learn to enjoy it all yes episode seven was great episode eight was great everyone can just <laughs> chill out and the marvel movies all suck <laughs> talk to me in 20 years you'll say sky you were right how did you know that okay yeah um all right so moving back to lando skiff yes uh, let's yeah. let's talk about steve so you you've written up some thoughts uh, uncharacteristically i've actually done some research myself and, and thought that's a good good i've thought a lot about lando skiff <laughs> good good yeah um well i don't know if this is one thing i've always associated with with the character on screen anyway is that it's speaking of music, that, that kind of key track of the Rebo band is playing in the background as he's kind of snooping around. And it's it's so 80s and it's so cool and it fits Lando perfectly to me. I don't know yeah, if you know the music. It's all instrumental and, and it's when uh, it's when Chewie's getting taken out into the, the prison cell or whatever and Lando kind of does his little his little skiff guard moment where yes. he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> where, where he lowers it. Like, now I think about it with, with Jabba's palace. It's like, who could do more of life? Like, like Lando's <laughs> like, I'm gonna be the coolest looking dude in the world just by tipping my, you know, tipping my visor. Yeah. Boba Fett's right. like, look like me, and he does more than just nodding his head. Like, right. Yeah. Slacious Crom is just laughing his ass off. I mean, he actually wins, if you ask me. He wins the coolest thing at Jabba's Palace. But yeah, like, everyone's trying to do the most minimal, cool thing. Even yeah. even Luke, like, kind of, like, winking. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. They, they all have that vibe. And and that music is, like, is so important. I'm so glad that, like, they didn't take that out for the special edition. At least that that's still there. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the worst thing that happened in the special edition. We'll, we'll get into that somewhat. Steve, we're getting too yes. dark and long. We talked about know, Disney for 45 minutes, okay? We're, we're gonna We're gonna keep it going here. All right. So, so speaking of the costume, um, what did you think of, of Woody Harrelson putting it on for, for the solo movie? It's sort of a reminder of everything that I liked and didn't like about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's okay. like, I liked it because I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting idea. But yeah. then it's like, uh, that's supposed to make like, that's supposed to make me go, oh, cool. And like. <laughs> Too much of that movie was supposed to make me go, oh, cool. It, yeah, if the desired yeah. reaction was, oh, uh, okay, then it would have been fine. But you know what I mean? Like it, it was trying yeah. a little too hard for the yeah. for the feels on that one. Yeah, I see. I I'm I'm a little softer on it because I feel like there are way more egregious like visual cues than that one. Um, at least that one, it sort of is embedded in the story, whereas like. I think we talked about this, like Finn just grabbing the remote and looking at it quizzically, I'm like, right. no, stop. But yeah, I, I, I guess I was, I was more cool with this one because it, it eventually it seems like, oh, okay, so Lando's had that for however long. Um, anyway, yeah, I was just curious what what your take on that was. I, I think it for me it landed on the on the 
more positive side than some of the other look at me I'm cool <laughs> moments. Steve, but... I'm trying to make the argument that the Star Wars movies are good, and, and you're bringing up all okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and then and then you you pulled up some some interesting. I don't know, weirdness from the archive. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, so tell me about this, Steve. So, well, I think obviously one of the most important things about this figure is that it's Skiffguard disguised Lando. So the whole idea of him being undercover and a, you know, a spy and a disguise, that's the, it's the whole thing. And there, there was this uh, entry on the archive uh, that has a, a carded Lando where he was just packed without his helmet. <laughs> so it's just like, it's funny in the comment on the, on the archive, so much for the disguise. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> Toby, 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 place, Toby, place, place, Toby, Toby, place, Toby, place. Oh, you're gonna get dragged upstairs. <laughs> yeah, you can invite him upstairs. <laughs> he's still looking out the window. He's he's really not sure. <laughs> no, no one is. <laughs> Toby, go 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 in my He's coming over this way. Okay, I, I hit stop, Steve, after maybe the second or third. Toby, um, he, he's upstairs now. So yeah, Digby will respond in kind, I'm sure, before we're done. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, you you were mentioning that uh, the the owner of this figure, the guy who put this on the archive, yes, <laughs> put so much for the disguise. Yeah. And that has to be the biggest disappointment if you bought a Lando skiff guard and had no helmet. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that'd be heartbreaking to lose that or or, or to never have it. Yeah, and th um. this is a question I asked some people. I haven't gotten an answer from it. The okay. guy who put this on the archive is named Daniel Regan, and yes. his collection is all these really cool miscards and weirdness. It's just worth ah. just take a little bit of time looking. Uh, yeah. um, he's the guy who has the B wing pilot with with two blasters, <laughs> so. You know, that's got to be pretty interesting, right, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, the, the Woody Harrelson B-Wing pilot. <laughs> yes. So, uh, man, you are all about that, uh, what was that guy's uh, name in Solo? Uh, Beckett. Mm, right. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so there was another one. This is just more in that miscellaneous category. It's uh, one of those catalog multi-packs that is awesomely themed. It's got Lando Skiff. Leia Bush and, and Luke Jedi. And I just thought, like, this thing really needs Chewbacca. Like, oh, this, yeah. That would be the ultimate set if you had... It'd be the, the whole team right there. At least the uh, the human and alien team. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, so, you know, let's, let's spread a little bit of love to the archive. Um, not only <laughs> can you go and see the collection of Daniel Regan, who knows, you know, <laughs> currently in the where are they now category... Uh, but this is an example, this multi-pack thing, you know, uh, uh, Fantastic Pete and Ron Ron Salvatore redid all of the entries for the multi-packs. And, right, and this is right. all these great photos, um, like real close-ups, and you can really appreciate this three-pack. 
And yeah, it seems to me that very rarely are they themed this well. But this thing yeah. is just awesome. Because it, yeah. yeah, Lando, Boosh, and Luke Skywalker, uh, Jedi. Yeah, that's just awesome, Steve. Yeah, it, it does need Chewie, but then it needs Chewie and it needs a Gamorrean guard and it, it needs a bunch of stuff, you know. But just having the, the really the Lando and the Boosh together, that's, that's really special. Because Leia is another person who's trying to do very little to seem very cool in the palace. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I lost you there for a second, uh, but I'm I'm back. It's okay. <laughs> I, I was saying nothing of importance. <laughs> Little girl likes her brain. Uh, all right, Steve. Well, do you, you know, fans of the show may know, we used to have something uh, called Flip the Script with Steve. And then we had behind right. the scenes and... My computers have crashed a couple of times. And so now it just becomes a combination of both. A little segment we call Behind the Steve. Let's go. Behind the Steve. Right. So, Steve, Um, what what do we know about Lando's skiff? Because really, if you think about it, they left off with with Lando in the Falcon. I think it's interesting as we look at the new trilogy, like where directors like leave the story and where writers yeah. leave the story for the next people. They left right. it pretty open where it was going to go, how they were going to save Han. Yeah. Uh, and we left Empire and Lando was there in his Han Solo outfit. Right. Um, so yeah. so t- tell us about, about Lando, Steve. Well, so I, I know in earlier versions of the script, the whole Jabba's Palace sequence, uh, I think we've mentioned this in, the, in a Leia episode, but... Uh, Leia wasn't involved. I think it was mainly Luke and Lando that were going to to rescue Han, and um, so that was one kind of interesting thing. Um, but early on, I think we also mentioned this before that it was very early that it was decided that Leia and Lando would be in disguise, right, when they go to Jabba's palace. Um, another thing that this is just a, kind of a side note that I thought was kind of funny um, when the script was still being written. Uh, apparently a bunch of people were, would send in pitches for ideas in the in the entertainment industry and one person had sent in uh suggesting this is from the, the william morris agency they had pitched uh a love interest for lando uh, in in return of the jedi that would have been linda green who is a singer uh she was in the that duo peaches and herb <laughs> So I thought that was kind of interesting, like imagining where things would have gone if if, uh, if there was another character and, and for Lando to have a, a love interest. But obviously that that never panned out. Um, Linda Green. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you do you know this this uh, they were they were a group I think starting back in the '60s and then she she was part of this duo in the '70s and '80s. She was like a big they were a big thing I guess oh, for a little while. Peaches and Herb. Yeah. Yeah. Does it sound familiar? Oh, they did reunited. Yes, reunited. Yeah, reunited, that, that's the... and it feels so good. So <laughs> she like has like long hair with lots of beads yes. on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's her. Uh, that would which... have really severely dated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would have. Yeah, it would have made it exactly nineteen eighty-two, like yeah. September of nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, and uh, I guess beyond that, you know, the original design. Uh, most of it is pretty much the same, though one sketch has him showing a lot more skin than than the the final outfit, which I thought was interesting. You know, given what 
ended up happening with with Leia. Um, but I don't know if I, I sent you this picture. He's looking very uh, masculine and and but like I don't know, powerful here. <laughs> huh, I I actually uh, boy, I talked a big game about having read your show notes. Uh, I didn't download all the images. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying. Oh yeah, look at that. That's almost like a like kind of a. Wait, is that it's supposed like a, to be his skin? I don't know. To me, it looked like it, like his. To me, it looks like it, it it is, but I I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, I guess. But uh, yeah, he looks yeah, a lot more it, shredded. Actually, he looks like yeah, Shredder. Yeah. That's what it looks like. That's that's absolutely right. He's totally Shredder. Wow. Huh. Wait a yeah. minute. He looks like Shredder anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think I think you could generally apply that <laughs> that description. How is but, it that uh, I've never thought of this before, Steve? I, I never have either, and I I love the Ninja Turtles. I never made that connection. If you put Lando Skiff mask on top of Shredder, would you be able to tell the difference? <laughs> and here's another question: How come no one else wears that Skiff mask? Yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's other similar ones, but uh, uh, are there? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like some of the other human background guys have similar helmets where their their face is semi-exposed. But I mean, the one that Lando wears is is clearly unique to him. I don't I don't think they're I think they're all different, but of the same same style. I it's guess sort of kind of a football helmet aspect to it. Yeah, too. yeah. There's there's a football. There's like a a gladiator aspect to it too. He's got like a, it looks like he has some kind of like sword or or something some kind of blade i don't know it, it's pretty uh it's pretty trippy and we're supposed but, to think that it's animal bones is that right i i guess so yeah like something like, like tusks like i really yeah this is the most uh, i'm just sitting here staring at it and hopefully you're you are too if you're at home or you can yeah. just think about it but it's a right. really odd mask uh yeah because yeah. the, the bits right underneath the chin are very much not organic but the rest of it seems organic. So how is this Very actually true. supposed to have been made? Like with yeah, metal yeah. and bones and yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um and then the the last thing I had, um, this is more of a like behind the scenes on set kind of thing, but you know, a lot of stuntmen and effects crew were, were getting hurt on the Sarlacc set, apparently, which I guess I could see that happening. Um, <laughs> and uh, Carrie Fisher had always referred to uh, the Sarlacc as, quote, the sand genital, which <laughs> that just that seems just about right. Wait, who, who said that? <laughs> Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Called it the sand genital? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, yeah, there, there was these guys jumping into the pit and breaking their legs, and, and then there was machines blowing up and, and burning technicians. There was a lot going wrong and, and people were getting messed up but um you know lando's in a pretty precarious position in the scene dangling there a little and... higher <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh apparently one of the squibs from the the laser blast went right through billy d williams toe as they were filming one of those scenes <laughs> and he uh he, and this is this is his quote from the the rinsler book he said at the time I'm screaming, screaming up to Han, stop, stop, but he's too busy acting. I'm in pain, and all of a sudden he realizes that I got hurt. And I, I could just see him not saying, you know, Harrison, like, Han, Han. Han. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently, yeah, he, he got his toe almost blown off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that, that, that he refers in his 
description of it that it, <laughs> he's talking to Han and not Harrison. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah, so that I guess that rounds out the the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Do you have some poetry? I assume. I do. I do <laughs> okay. have a skyku. Uh, it's it's a little bit about Lando, and it's about the way that he is. He's always wearing a mask. Like when you see him, he's always like having to pretend to be something that he's not like the mm -hmm. entire time to the point where you wonder who really is Lando. And, uh, you know, so here it is. <clears throat> Lando in disguise. A masked man of many masks. Courage in sandstorm. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's funny, yeah. It's you going are, in that even, theory of the courage. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it's even tied into that, that weird cut scene that, that never made it in where uh, they're out in that sandstorm. I think... There's a sketch of him in his, like, sandstorm gear, too. That's funny. Yeah, well, and I just, you know, you always have to tie a, a haiku to nature, so. Yes, All yeah, the, absolutely. A lot of trees and a lot of sand in my, in my <laughs> skykus lately. <laughs> well, it's good you were in Jedi. I mean, you got Tatooine and, and Endor. Yeah, so. there's a lot to do there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, but so uh, before what do we you get, think? Before we get to the nugget, I think it would actually be pretty nice to uh to, to just talk a little bit about i don't even know steve you know what i don't know if we should talk about the scooter okay so now we are talking about it but we're talking about okay. the the, the Sakuda, uh return of the jedi lando figure and this is on the archive yeah. as well um right. it's from gus's collection and it's the it's the return of the jedi figure with a coin shrink wrapped to it right right and it really is the question, like, how many of these were made? There aren't that many known to be made. Um, right. I don't think anyone out there has a complete set. Um, yeah, I don't even know what a complete set, yeah, would, would consist of. I mean, so there there's the Lando. And this one, actually, I think this one doesn't have the shrink wrap. It just has the coin glued. And then there's, like, there's three other figures on the archive. Some have the shrink wrap and some don't. So I, I'm not sure exactly what a full set would even mean. Um, but yeah. And especially because now they can be faked with fairly, you know, fairly easily. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty scary. Th yeah, there's, uh, there's like a whole class of Star Wars toys that like was not, were not worth faking in the past. So if you bought right. them, you know, when Gus bought this, no one would have cared to fake it. So right, it's, it's right. real. You, you could feel pretty good about it. Yeah. But yeah. It, but if you found, a, you know, Sakuda Chirpa and you just glued the, the coin on and you're just like, hey, right. hey, look, they did it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you're right. It definitely, in this day and age, it poses a little bit of a problem. Um, so you know what we're going to yeah. do, Steve? We're going to put this out there to our listeners, and we're going to talk about this on the next episode, and I'm going to completely okay. forget it. I'm not, Steve. <laughs> I'm not going to forget it. No. Uh, no. Um, what do you think is a full set of Sakudas? What yeah, is the right. largest set of Sakudas out there? And who has it? And have there been any known cases of fakes of Sakudas? Am I even pronouncing Sakudas properly? 
I don't know. I almost went out to Japan to go to Pokemon Go Fest, but uh, wow. I was a little bit busy getting married. Um, I wasn't that close, but I watched a lot of YouTube of people who did. Steve, I watched YouTube about Pokemon Go. I, I figured that that was... Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You know, the best guy who does it is this dude out of uh, Long Beach. And, like, you just feel like you're his friend. And it's so funny. <laughs> like, makes me want to go to Long Beach and, like, meet this guy who's just, like, a doofus on a longboard who, who plays Pokemon <laughs> Go. Anyways, it's very funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, that's, that's my – I would say this is our introduction to talking about Sakudos because I've yeah. never really seen any very convincing articles written about it. Uh, I don't – there must be an expert out there, but I can't quite think of who it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, there's – you know, the, the much more common figures that just have the, the sticker on the back, this is, this is something that's a little different, a little stranger in that they didn't release Power of the Force over there. Apparently, they just – did this instead um so yeah um yeah I, I was just thinking about it like was that that was episode like four or five that you went to japan <laughs> yes. i feel like you talked about the earlier japanese licenses but uh i don't know if we talked about you talked about sakuda in that one i did um, but that was where i made the mistake of asking yes or no questions and and oh japanese right culture, you're not allowed that's, to say no so i was right. like that's <laughs> so did they make Sakuda for all characters? Yes. Including coins for all characters? Yes. <laughs> like even Chewbacca? Yes. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. So we, we need may, to read May this. I see it? No. Uh, no. <laughs> so we're, we're going to have to ask maybe some, some Bickmores or, or some, some people more knowledgeable of Japanese culture who are more prone to saying no. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, Steve, what would you say to a nugget? Sounds good to me. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. Alright, Steve. So what is our nugget this month? So I, uh, my thought was that it was kind of tied into to the Sakuda thing we just talked about, and that it's a uh, a rare <laughs> item with a uh, Lando skiff and a coin involved. But um, so this this is a Power of the Force carded photo sample, which it's a Lando skiff guard uh, figure, Lando skiff guard proof card, but it has a Millennium Falcon Power of the Force coin. And this is all hand assembled, and this figure was never produced on this card back. So it's, as far as I know, there's just one of these. Uh, there might be maybe a couple, but I, usually there there aren't more than a handful of these of these figures like this. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, interesting that I, to me, like I think he would have been a great character in the Power of the Force line. Um, I mean, I guess you had did they do the other standard Lando? I can't remember if they did. They must have. Yeah, they did because there's a coin, but. I don't know, maybe they thought that with the new Lando general figure and the original, that would have just been too much Lando. But uh, I don't know. I actually really like the way this looks. Yeah, yeah, it looks really nice. It seems like it's kind of an alternative photo as well. Yeah, so I, I, you know what's weird to me? Looking at this, the, the photo is, is roughly the same. It's the same photo art, but it almost looks like... I'm going to get all film nerdy here, but it looks like a like a... An Eastman colored print that's just been sitting and turning pink. Like it, the photo itself has that kind of red hue to it that the original art doesn't. And 
I don't know if that. I mean, it must have been intentional. It just looks to me like a an old faded print. Yeah. But, um, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. It I don't almost know why. has that like that that um that sort of tri logo weirdness to it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the speaking of that, I think the tri logo has a much wider view of the same image. So like the the standard Jedi one is a little bit closer up, but the tri logo has like the full head to toe lando standing there which it, it kind of looks funny because the, the figure is literally almost it's almost parallel with it so it's it's like literally <laughs> a duplication of the figure standing there but um yeah it's definitely a different like trim of the photo art for sure yeah i i guess i've never really thought about the trilogo lando yeah you're <laughs> right it is yeah it, it goes way further it looks like the power of the force, though. It looks like it's the same, same kind of faded almost. Yeah, just, just, just weird because the the original yeah. art is really strong and nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, yeah, it's odd. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if someone messed up in the, in the lab or or what. But yeah, it's interesting that the, those later images are are they almost look aged. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. So this this would have been. I think this figure is pictured in the 1985 Kenner Toy Fair catalog and that's on the archive too so if you want to see how it was used yeah well I, th I think Steve David Gall has such an insane collection of Lando yes. Skiff that yeah. we should just stay right here in the nugget and call <laughs> him and talk to him about it and 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 you know maybe maybe see where it takes us okay but uh, let's, let's try adding him to the conversation Steve yes all right, Steve, we're, we're joined here by David Gall. How's it going, David? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. So how do – I mean, you, you've you been around forever, and, and many people know you, but I, I don't think we've ever talked to you, at least not in extensively on the show. Um, you don't post a lot to, like, Imperial Commissary or, or on the 12-back group or whatever. So how, how would people know you, David? Uh, I don't know. I um... – <laughs> I'm trying to think of maybe things that I've done uh, just besides being around and being an old guy in the corner, right? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> He's in your room right now. On, <laughs> I did some work on uh, on Toy Hunter, so some of you may have remembered that. And, That's uh, right. And I also did some work on Plastic Galaxy, did a, a tour of Cincinnati. It was uh, conveniently living there and working at a toy company at the time. Yes. So... Uh, so those were fun things. Uh, did Kenner Day at the Cincinnati Library? She happened to be there, so um, have a little bit of history with with those things. You, you, know, and, you, know, you um, know who you're kind of like, David. You're kind of like Duncan, because I didn't really know who Duncan was and what he did. He was just that long-haired guy who's always all over the place, and, <laughs> and so I think that you can be that blonde-haired guy that's always all over the place. So yeah. if, if you've been to Celebration, you've been in the vintage world, there's like that blonde guy who's like, didn't I see him I, in a movie or TV? Like who, that's David Gall. You know, it's, it's funny. I always think of you, David, as uh, I think the first time I'd maybe interacted with you, it was at one of the early Celebrations and you were running one of the auctions. And, and I'm like, man, this guy is awesome. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think it must have been probably Celebration 3 in Indianapolis. And I remember walking into one of those auctions and you were up there just blasting through and it was uh yeah it's fun it's, i always associate you with that it's just uh yeah you've got a, a good skill there <laughs> yeah i, I well, would hey, yeah 
it's uh, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, no, I've uh, you know I've been around a long time. It's funny that you bring up Duncan because Duncan was one of my first friends in the hobby. Um, he and I would go up to the Kane County show in Chicago, probably who ninety three maybe is I think when we started going. Wow. And uh, he and I would both kind of be reaching for the same thing or, or looking at things, and sometimes we get together and go, listen, I. I just need an example of one Letty figure. You need one. So let's go over and see if we can make a deal on like three or four of them with this guy and work together. So uh, we established a good friendship through that and, uh, you know, have just been hanging out ever since. Wow. So, so you've been, it's funny because you're like, I've also seen you as an auctioneer. You did that at the New York event last year and, and you've been on these TV shows. And so in some ways you're this like big extrovert who's, you know, very good at public speaking, but at the same time, you don't you don't like try to hog the limelight, and that, you really are a lot like Duncan. Steve, have you ever seen Duncan and David in the same room? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I must have at some point. I'm yeah. starting to think they might be an alter ego thing. <laughs> <laughs> like like. So, so wait a second. I was supposed to wear the Duncan disguise tonight. Come on, guys, <laughs> give me a break. Um. So uh. So. Basically, we're we've wanted an excuse to talk to you, um, and definitely the way I remember first hearing about you. I mean, well, you were around on Rebel Scum a lot. I definitely remember that, and I, I think you were there at the Cincinnati meeting the first time I went to a Cincinnati meeting in two thousand five or something, um, Ohio meeting. But I've definitely known you as the Lando Skiff guy. So, are are you still the Lando Skiff guy, or have you sold everything? I I still have it. Uh... Still, still love the figure. It was uh, a character that I liked as a kid. I, I grew up in rural central Illinois, uh, surrounded by cornfields, and you know didn't have any brothers or sisters. You know, had you know you really couldn't even bicycle to like kids my age, especially boys that like Star Wars and stuff like that. So, um, so you know, I, I we did have horses, and I had a horse farm. We had a lot of older kids, and I had to learn at an early age if you're going to be like a first grader and hang out with kids that were like 16, 17. You really had to kind of turn on the charm. Wow. So I put values on friendships and working for friendships. And I always think with Empire, like the thing that really struck a note with me was like at the end of the movie. I mean, they, you know, our, our heroes kind of got their butts kicked, right? Luke lost his arm. Right. Chewbacca lost his friend. Leia lost her base. You know, got, you know, roughed up and tortured. And, you know, Lando, lost, you know, lost a pretty plush gift, uh, you know, gift city there in the clouds. Right. And, you know, nobody complained. Nobody said this was wrong with me. I was upset about this. They said, you know, we're going to go get our friend. You know, right. Han was our friend. We got to go rescue him. And that really struck a chord with me. And that always kind of made me like Lando. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that carried over later in life. You know, when I had an opportunity to, from Mark Huckabone up in up at St. Charles at King County to to buy a hard copy of him. I was like, I got to do it because I just uh, I like the character. I really liked, um, you know, the work that went into it. You know, I think there's more, more small details than that figure there, and there are a lot of other ones, certainly earlier ones, and probably even a lot of the Jedi ones. So, uh, so yeah, fell in love with the figure, and I've just been quietly putting them on the shelf, putting them in the drawer for, for quite some time. <laughs> wow, this is really special, David, because there are a lot of old-time collectors who a lot of newer collectors don't know that well. But most of them sold out like in 2007 or something, you know. Um, so that's really cool that you actually held on to everything. Um, I, I, did you know that, Steve? 
I, I didn't know for sure if, if you still had. I, I was I, honestly, I was scared. Like, oh no, is is are we gonna find out that it's all gone? Yeah, I was <laughs> it's, nervous. When it's I really asked re- the question. refreshing to hear that that you still have it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I've let a few things go of other characters to kind of fuel the, you know, for I have a nice Lobot run and I have a nice Landis gift run. So I've had to kind of you know pick and choose a few pieces here and there to do those things, and and I also go after a lot of Kenner internal pieces. You know that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, yeah, Lando has always ma- remained untouched. And and it's just Lando Skiff, or do you do you go for all Landos? You, you know, my goal when when I when I first started getting into hobby is you know I I was like as high school like right out of high school and I thought you know what I sent away for the Anakin Skywalker figure and I never got it and that was upsetting to me and there was a kid that was to hang out in our neighborhood his sister was in my class but he was a couple years older. And he had a blue snaggle tooth. And I thought, you know what? It always bothered me. I never finished my Star Wars collection. So I'm going to go back and, and, and do that. So I started so, looking. So for you the, got on your horse. There was... <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, I think I found uh, the first Star Wars price guide. And they had talked about a company down in Orlando. Um, and they were uh, selling Star Wars figures and, and had like a little list. You could send like $2 and they would send like a, a photocopy of, of their list. And uh, sure enough, I was able to get Anakin, I think, for like 15 bucks. And uh, they didn't have Blue Snaggletooth at the time. And they had like a figure called Yak Face listed that I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and uh, later on would get to buy, I think, Blue Snag for 75 And I think Yak Face was like 85 mm-hmm. And uh, that got me right back in it, you know, just kind of, well, maybe if I bought a carded figure, I could buy it and trade two carded figures to this Yak Face thing and just kind of trying to figure out how to wheel and deal on a limited budget. Now, so a, a place out of Orlando is, do we know, do you remember the uh, name of this company? It was, it was Intergalactic Trading Company. That's yes. what I thought. The drug. <laughs> and so, this, this was before them. This was when they were out on, on kind of on the outskirts of town in what, Longwood, Florida, if I remember right. And uh, yeah, it was just, and that's like the first time they had a blue Hoth Stormtrooper that was from Europe. Nobody had ever seen it before or really didn't know what it was for. Um, and then I would go up to, to Kane County. That was right around the time it turned up. And uh, Lev started getting all of his Uze. Mm. So it was just a, it was a crazy time and just some great, some great players in the field r- turning up new stuff that nobody really ever seen. So, so longtime listeners to this show will know that Steve, every celebration, has a run-in with Sue from Intergalactic <laughs> Traders. Because Steve always tries to buy the most beat-up toys he can find. And so he'll find like a, a one-armed, discolored, like Luke Hoth and he'll ask her and she'll be like, $75. And, and it's, it's always way overpriced. And then as time has gone on, like Steve and I have learned of her immense importance to the hobby that she yeah, wrote yeah. the first price guide that, you know, she's this giant in the hobby who's also just this complete kook. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah well hey a... you know we're, we're getting old right we, we gotta have an excuse to be losing it huh yeah <laughs> wow that's awesome so 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 lando skiff was the way that so you would ride horses into town and try to act <laughs> like you were lando in order to fit in with the 16 year olds that that, that makes well, sense i think you know, I think for me, there was, you know, there was such, I think the character, I could relate to, to the character and the value that he put on his friendships. And, right. you know, as, I think, as, you know, at the time of Empire, we were all kind of learning what it meant to be a friend and what, it, you know, what different things were. 
And, you know, Lando was really kind of put in an awkward spot, right? I mean, Vader yeah. had double-crossed him so that he could double-cross Han. And, you know, you, you had friends that, well, you know, you know, you were on, well, you're going to be on his basketball team at lunch today, but then you found this other guy was better than you went on that team. You had to, like, work those things out in your life, right? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I think that was kind of a guiding light for me. If there's, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. And I thought, you know, Lando did it the right way. Awesome. So, so the collection but, began with... And sometimes, Steve, we have to get, you know, David and, and Ron, and we have to do a whole episode just about Mark Huckabone, who, who he is, who he Because I only have a vague yeah. idea of, of, who he, of who he is and who he was. Right. Same, um, same here. I sort of nod my head like the way I nod my head when people who love jazz, like, talk about, you know, what John Coltrane did. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has an amazing drummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so at some point, we'll have... Huckabone's more of a cover at Voltaire. So he he would be more of a free bass uh, jazz guy. Okay. <laughs> um, Huck, to give you an idea of Huck, for his tenth, all he wanted for his tenth birthday was for his mom to drive him where so he could do a toy show. Wow. Um, and that's what she did. That was his tenth birthday gift was to get to set up at a toy show, and uh, he he's never looked back. Wow. Wow. So I th I think we we need to have a, a whole special on him. But so he sold you a a hard copy back in ninety. Four, is that right? Something like that? Uh, it was a little after that. Um, yeah, actually, if, if you go back in the archive, Chris has some pages from from the old toy shop. And Mark had advertised it in toy shop, and I saw him at Kane County like right around that same time and, uh, and bought it from him. I, I'd actually had my first run-in with prototypes was probably about 93, 94. Um, and they were asked if they had some droids ones. And a couple other Jedi ones, and they wanted like anywhere from a hundred to a hundred and fifty dollars a piece for them. Hmm. And I remember they kind of, you know, they looked kind of hand painted. They looked kind of funky, so I wasn't sure how you could tell they were real. And I passed on them, and uh, have kicked myself for many years after that. Yeah. <laughs> so when the circle came back around, and there was a figure, you know, Mark had a, a large number of things that he had. Some of them were Blue Harvest. Some of them were, you know, the Green Dynacast and various other figures. And uh, I saw that one in there, and uh, it was just I just couldn't pass it up. So uh, so swooped in, jumped in, and bought it. And uh, soon after, got like a bench shot or a, you know an internal kind of funky color first shot, and uh, just you know never looked back. And and yeah. it's not a very crowded market. So you've basically been the Lando Skiff guy. Is that right? Well, you know, in in the early days, I mean, it it was it was just my hobby, right? It, the hobby was not. It's, it's, it's always had some competitiveness in it, but it was nothing compared to like it is today. Right. So if, if I saw a Vlix, you know, James Gallo loves Vlix. Hey, hey, you know, James, there's a Vlix here. You know, is this something you're interested in? You know, I, you know, other people collected, you know, everybody kind of had their own, their own focus, their own little thing. You know, you know, somebody would be a C-3PO collector, R2-D2 collectors. I mean, the list goes on and on. Right. So, you know, if, if you saw the piece, you could pick it up, but if it, you knew that really was something that someone was trying to work with, you know, there was enough cooperation, enough new stuff coming to the market. You just kind of handed it over. Right. And yeah. um, I was lucky, you know, a couple of the early collectors had kind of let go of their, of their collections and their runs. And, um, you know, or people were like, well, I want to focus more on this figure instead of like eight figures. And, uh, you know, a lot of people helped me along the way. So I've, I've been pretty lucky. Right. And, but um, yes, it also helps not to be collecting. Yeah, you know, it helped not to collect like Darth Vader or RTD2 or C3PO, you know, one of Yoda, you know, one of the one of the hardcore ones. Right. And so I, I see here this insane photo of all these prototypes, Steve. 
we, we, we run into this problem quite often where we don't, we don't want to talk about all of them. We end up talking right. about most of them. Um, but, okay. but if, if we look at this picture, so there's four, three, three. So there's, let's see, carry the one. That's 12. <laughs> Is that 12? Wait, wait, four plus 10. That's 10. Oh my God, Steve, that was real. Um, so <laughs> which one do we want to talk about, Steve? How about the guy that's all in green? What's up with him? Uh, that's that's the Huckabone Dynacast. Uh, so, the green yep. doesn't look the best in the picture I sent. Well, yeah, actually, I'm trying to. See. Yeah, that's it's a little bit better in the picture I sent you. Um, that's that was kind of where I started, and um, yeah, that's uh, actually there should have been a helmet in that picture that I forgot to put in there. So there should be a green Dynacast helmet that goes with him too. Well, he's wearing ah, the helmet awesome. in this picture. Oh, is he wearing the helmet? Okay, all yeah. right, I did well then. Yeah, you you like, you, like put it on him. <laughs> he looks kind of cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is okay. This is my group photo. Actually, it's it's funny that you're a little bewildered by this because I I had the great idea that I would take this photo. I had it blown up in like a poster size, right? Okay. And I thought, you know, I've never I've never met Billy D. Williams and done like the autograph thing. I'd met him a couple times just at shows or just around, but never you know stood in line and had him sign something. So I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have him sign a poster of of my prototype run? And I thought for him it would be something, you know, different that maybe the other, you know, 300 people in line hadn't done. You know, yeah. it could be something besides, you know, was the costume uncomfortable? You know, did you know did right. you enjoy your role? So I, I unroll my poster and go, hi, I have something I want to show you and have you sign. You know, I've collected prototypes for, for the figure of, of, you know, of your character in the movie. And I thought he'd be like, oh, this is interesting. Or, oh, wow, that's something you don't see. And he has this, like, really bewildered look on his face. <laughs> and I'm like okay you know did he hate the sculpt did he you know is there you know is, did he have an issue with the contract or royalties off the figure you know this 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 isn't this isn't going kind of anywhere near like i planned <laughs> and uh, he looks at me and goes where am i supposed to sign it there's not a lot of room on this screen or on this page <laughs> <laughs> so i said just just you you you're the artist you you do it yes whatever you think so he, he signed on the side and, and we recovered from that and then you know by that time the agent's like move along move along so that was my uh, my 25 seconds with billy d in the prototype run oh, that's funny <laughs> it is true it is quite a full picture david i mean yeah <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> Okay, so then, um, then right above that one is kind of a, a brown one. What what's that one about? Uh, that one, um, what are those? It's I I really yeah, that was probably internally done. That was probably shot out of an aluminum mold or a, a copper benzene mold is probably what I'm told. Okay. So your bottom row kind of follows the order of production. You have a. Right. Uh, you have a green Dynacast unpainted. Besides it is a painted hard copy that was actually from Top Toys. Um, that was, I don't know, that's uh, the, the, the character that turned a lot of those up has also done some things that weren't real. There's kind of some controversy about what, what this is and what it really stands for, but it's interesting, so I left it in there. Right. Um, next to it is as a, as a painted internal, heart, uh, internal first shot, so it's that white, milky white. Uh, very lightweight, so probably shot in an aluminum mold, so kind of almost like a hard copy, but done in plastic. Right. Um, and up above it would have been, I believe, probably a, it could have been a bench shot, could have been internal, um, hand glued, and uh, same way with the red one next to it with the black arms and the in the multicolor legs. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so just early internal things. Then next to it's pull toys. There's one in red. 
it's just a head and a torso, and then besides it, the milky one that's, that has production legs thrown on it that's shown up on eBay last couple of years. Right. Okay. Wow. So this is a, a ton of fur shots, and you know, Steve, I did want to get into the total, <laughs> I, the, the top I, toys I, thing. I figured that that might happen. <laughs> so, um, so David, on the show, I've been putting forth a theory, which is intentionally extreme, and I don't believe it, <clears throat> but I, I put it forth uh, to be provocative. Um, my theory is top toys didn't exist at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that there was no company named Top Toys, or there was, but they never sold Star Wars toys at all. Because, right. you know, Pablo, the guy who, who was sold a lot of the fakes, made a lot of fakes, uh, Brazilian figures as well, and he made a lot of fakes. And, and the biggest example was a Lando skiff with a Pepsi sticker on it, right? Right. I, I have one of those that I acquired from him that is, yeah, that is, is very bad. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of... Wait, you own one of these? I have one of those, yeah. Wow, I so what's it, what's it like? Like, like, can you tell that it's fake? Horrible. Like, okay, how, how is it, it horrible? Well, it, the bubble has been... He would always have issues with customs, quote-unquote, taking figures out of the bubble. So, so the bottom it looks like the you know it, it looks like either the you know something had shook the figure and it was shoved through the bottom or it was tore. Um, the it has a, tech, a Pepsi sticker that slapped across the top that I believe was tied to a Pepsi like ruler promotion. Um, right. It's it's it just uh, I, I'll send you some photos. It it just doesn't when you actually you know the figure the 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 force pike is in black but it's really flat. It's kind of kind of flimsy feeling. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, wasn't, wasn't too happy. And by that time he was on to the, where, you know, people were asking him about some of his bootlegs and then he supposedly died or whatever. And <laughs> I just never really perceived it at that point. And, and so this is on a, a stormtrooper card back with a, or is it actually a Lando skiff card back? It was, uh, I think it was stormtrooper if I remember right. I'll, I'll have to dig it out. Um, I haven't had it out in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting question because this you know this is part of my my whole conspiracy theory. and there are people out there who who've recently written a book and I don't know them and I'm not accusing them of lying like I like my theory is that like is that most of the stuff that's top toys is probably fake not necessarily all of it but but most of it and I and I think that people are just afraid to say it so that's why I'm being a sort of provocative jerk. Um, <laughs> But no, I would, uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where if it's, you know, you just like to know what it is, right? If, right. And if you can put the pieces together and prove that it was all a big fictitious kind of, you know, thing that this guy scammed and, and did in his own life, I, I think that adds to the hobby um, and certainly gets some answers. And if it's not, you know, it's, it'd be interesting to know that too. Yeah. So, so what, what this particular thing was is a Stormtrooper uh, El Regreso del Jedi Top Toys card back. And it has this mm -hmm. sticker and it says Nuevo Pepsi Promo Escolar, you know, so like school promotion yep. with a Lando skiff on it. And it's really mm -hmm. well done because it seems kind of goofy. It seems like it really could have been real. Um, but it really was a case of where people wanted it to be real. And, and it seems unlikely that it was. And definitely the person who made it died because the person who scammed always dies. It's, it's the most <laughs> lethal thing is being a scammer. Your, your life expectancy well, is very short. 
Well, let's let's hope, right? Or no, 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 I didn't say that. Um, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, that that definitely left a, a bad feeling, right? But um, yeah, it's you know, and with the hard copies and the silicone molds from that, you know, it's you know, it seemed odd that you would have to make that. It seems like you, if you were a licensee, you would have went back to to Letty and got one of their molds, or you could have worked with Kenner, or you could have done something for you know a little bit more quality. Um, but you know, then again, it is a, it is a foreign country. They had some kind of loose rules down there in South America at the time. So, uh, you know, is there that chance? Yeah, it could have happened. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem with my theory uh, is that a lot of people I know and like and respect paid a lot of money for those molds that came from Top Toys. So if those are fake, then people have spent a lot of money buying things that are, are fake. And I'm told it's I'm just ridiculous for it, but... I'll, I'll continue to be ridiculous. I'll be the crazy person <laughs> off in the corner screaming, all your stuff is fake. I mean, I have, I have a Top Toys, and I'm 99% sure it's fake, even though it's AFA graded. So, Right. Maybe. No, I, uh, I, I'd be happy to show you the picture, and you can, you're welcome to post it or whatever for, for, that, for the Pepsi Lando. Yeah. Um, definitely get that out there and see if somebody can get in trouble with it, or at least, you know, <laughs> letting them know that, you know, if, you know, it's, it's buyer beware. You know, it's, it's, I think the toy hobby has kind of become like the art market, right? I mean, you can say this was a Pablo Picasso. We can prove 100% that he did it, you know, that, you know, we have evidence that happened on this day. And then you can have something like, well, this guy was a waiter at a restaurant he went to. He said he drew on this napkin, you know, believe what you want, or you can have something that, you know, oh, well, this is a guy that's, you know, a known art scamist in, in, uh, you know, down in Miami. And uh, he happens to have, you know, five of these. So, you know, you have to adjust your price based on what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, for the silicones. Sky here. Um, David's going to be talking about the silicone mold for the Top Toys figure. And uh, he doesn't really introduce it. So let me just explain it. Um, a silicone mold. So, you know, action figures are made by pouring silicone over the original wax sculpting and then that hardens uh, and then you can make a hard copy from that. So the silicone mold is like, you know, it's got the uh, sort of like the negative space of the figure and molds for all of the Top Toys figures, or at least most of the Top Toys figures, have surfaced and I have been calling into question their veracity, uh, whether or not they are real and work. So. Um, it turns out that David has them, and so he's going to now discuss his opinion of that mold. Okay, back to the show. You know, it just, it, just the way, if you know, with silicone, the way you would pour it, you know, they, this, I actually got to meet a man who does that to this day and, and worked on it back in the day. And uh, he was nice enough to let me in his shop and sit down and, and see him pour actually a modern G.I. Joe figure. And uh, kind of the, the rule of thumb is, crap in air up or crap down air up so I mean, okay. they pour in whatever kind of the silicone mold or you know it's dynacast or repro or whatever you're using today you know for that stuff to go in it it shoves down and the air bubble goes up and and just from the mold uh, he said it looked okay and i said but why how would how would the air go out of this and he goes yeah in second thought maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense so so so, um, so, so you I, have silicone molds of the lando figure from mm -hmm. top so there are molds in this picture and there are, are molds in the picture and those are top toys. Um, right. There's a, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, he works in the education department. I know part of his contract is he can't have his name on social media, but there's a popular collector in New Jersey 
that also had one of these at one point in time. He had like a Boba Fett one and it tracked some numbers from, from the mold, which there are numbers on this mold to some other documents that were related to Pablo. But, uh, you know, who knows? Um, did Pablo get lucky? Did he see something? Was that something that got passed along? It, it's hard to say. And I don't know if we'll ever have an answer. I hope we do. Right. So, so, I mean, you, so you own these molds and you're not really mm -hmm. certain, like, like you're not certain that they're real. No, I, I, I don't have enough to go one way or the other, but if you hmm. said, you know, if you came in and said, here's a smoking gun, I, right. I would say, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Or if, if somebody came out there and they, you know, they had some old guy that came out of the, out of the jungle and said, I worked in the factory and, <laughs> you know, I have the other parts to this mold or I have a picture of me doing this, um, you know, I, I would, you know, I'd feel reassured. But it just seems, you know, over over the times. I mean, I don't want to compare Mexico to to Argentina, but you know, how many times have we been down in Mexico and we've met people that worked at Lily Ladie or that have come out and have shown us, you know, business cards or office photos and, and that type of thing? It's it's bubbled up, right? Right. Um, I, some of that has happened for Glasslight, you know, down in Brazil. Right. It seems that top, you know, even to a lesser extent, maybe Peru with the Beza stuff, which right. is just rare as hint teeth. Um, you know, it's popped up in different stores, different, different sources. And, and a lot of times it's nothing more than a sticker. Right. Um, but it does seem like there is, you know, I just, I just don't know. I think sometimes people like to think Argentina is this third world country that, you know, kind of people run around acting like they're in water world. Right. Um, and, and I don't think that's the case. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Huh. Well, that's uh, I, Steve. This is maybe the most interesting turn because I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who owns one of these molds. Yeah, who's willing I, to entertain right. the possibility that it's not that it's not one hundred percent legit. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, it we'll, is. We'll, it's really interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll whichever continue way along, it goes. Yeah. Along my my well, hey, half-assed expose. <laughs> Well, no, if if you get it, I you know, I hope you get an answer. I would love to have an answer for it. You know, obviously, it'd be nice if it was real, especially for the people in the hobby and the people that are, are really wanting to, to think that it's it's what it is. Um, but if it's not, you know, it's good to know that, too, because, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it needs to be out there. It'd be nice to know one way or the other. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's move on to some things that we know are real, Steve, um, <laughs> and that are and that are fun and Sky here again, just because I, I just can't seem to leave well enough alone. So uh, just for fun, I've been looking up a little bit of the history of the questioning of the Top Toys figures. And I found a post from uh, John Alvarez, uh, the, the star of episode 100, it must have been. And this was before it was discovered that Pablo had made massive amounts of fakes, that he was a complete and total scammer. And so I find it pretty interesting because, you know, there's a phase in scamming where everyone is trying to be good to the scammer because part of what makes a scammer a good scammer is the way he makes his way into the community. So this is from January 29th, 2008. And it's a question about the Top Toys Lando. And I'm just going to read this entire post from John Alvarez because, well, it's interesting. I'll try to read it like John. Can you, uh, can you supply any evidence? I think it's obvious people think they're legit. But, okay, I'm going to drop the voice, but don't really know. Look, there's no solid evidence to say they're fake, but enough red flags to make enough people curious. They never sat well with me. I know somebody who owns one, and it's definitely a, quote, interesting piece. 
His arrived broken, so he gave us a better look at it. The bubble pulled cleanly away from the backer. It was sealed to a stormtrooper back. All of Lando's and many of the mock-ups, as well as the Han and Leia, were on stormtrooper backs. A handful of the mock-ups turned up on Vader backs, too. Problem is, I have a stormtrooper card back at home that is clean. The bubble fell off with no paper removal. It looks like a proof. I've seen a few others like that, too. I've also seen at least two Vaders that had the same issue. Seems to me that Vader and Stormtrooper are very weakly sealed. Seems like prime target for a reseal. Anyway, the guy that got the Lando broken said the shoulder pads were wet. Yes, wet, when he got it. It actually rubbed off on his hand, and he said the chest was dry and it could have been touched up. Uh, skip ahead a little bit. The sticker on the front peeled off easily. There was tape on the back that was old and it peeled off, but found glue underneath it. And then he goes on to talk about the PPL bootlegs, which have been proven to be fake as well. So, I don't know. It seems that at the very least, all of these land... Basically, there's a lot of... If Top Toys did make Star Wars toys at all, it's been very established that Stormtroopers are the most common, and that Pablo used a lot of these uh, card backs to make fakes with other characters. But then if he was the primary source, he and his mysterious, I think Mariana is the name of his wife. I said that too much like the name of my wife. Hey, Mariana, you're not making Argentinian bootleg fakes, are you? Uh, uh, can we talk about it later? <laughs> okay, maybe my wife is making Argentinian. She's actually in the room trying to stay quiet and she's organizing all of the Star Wars books while I'm editing the podcast. That's love. Anyways, uh, all of... <laughs> all of the all of the molds came through him so I don't know uh, it seems to me there's way more evidence that they're not real um, I'm going to keep going on this next month I'm going to talk I'm going to go further on my top toys theory but let's get back to the discussion with David interesting do you yeah. do you have the actual blueprint for Lando Skiff uh, so it it would have been it would have been a, a vintage copy. So it's not hand painted. It's not the hand at one out. Right. But uh, yeah, so it it was a vintage one from back in the day. So I have for the figure and the weapon. Wow. So so that was so you got this from someone actually at Kenner would have would have used it because the actual blueprint would have been sent to the patent office. I imagine, right? You know, I you see those, and it seems like those are a lot more clear. Uh, to know if that actually happened, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but if you go, if you dig through there, I do also have some from the applause. I know you guys don't probably like to see too much modern stuff, but oh, I did think it was interesting. Oh, sure, we Just do. a side note. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so, so we're going to jump ahead to, to the 90s, um, uh, okay. like Captain Marvel here. And, <laughs> and we're going to be uh, talking about the applause sculpture, the PVC applause sculpture, that uh, David has an amazing run on. So what did you want to say about it? So I just kind of threw it. The only reason I threw it in there, because I think it's interesting. I have a lot of his, ref, I have all his reference materials that the sculptor used. Wow. Um, and it was interesting. He also has his blueprint that he went from to be able to his sculpt input drawing. And he also has this color chart. And it was just interesting to see the detail that he had to work with compared to what Kenner had to work with back in the day. Yeah. And yeah. if you're, if you have a, Keen eye, if you look at some of the black and white photos, they have, you know, some pictures of Billy D resting while filming the skiff scene. Yeah. And over to the right, one of his references items that he used was the vintage Kinner figure, which I right. thought was very interesting that it's, uh, that they yeah. respected the work of the Kinner people that many, you know, that many years later that they, you know, some 10, you know, 12 years later, they were still using uh, 
some of their stuff. Yeah, these reference photos, I don't think I'd ever seen these two of Billy D. I don't remember seeing these anywhere before. So that that's really cool to see. And uh, yeah, the, the Kenner figure image, it almost looks like, you know, it'd be an awesome piece of art. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very moody, black and white, highlighted photo, like artfully taken uh, picture of of the Kenner figure. Yeah, the there's more to say about the applause stuff because there's a, a lot of those sculpts have turned up and a lot of this reference photos turned up and and someday when we do our our modern podcast steve when, when we're when we're done when we finish with the unproduced droids and he walks in three years <laughs> we'll uh we'll just have to get to some of this amazing modern stuff because yeah this is a beautiful yeah. sculpture and and it is really fun to see the as a comparison that what we know kenner sculptors got to see which was just like a photo, you know, <laughs> a, right. a photo with the wrong name sent over, you know, too early. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's an amazing little sub collection within this. It's, that's awesome. And then you have one that appears to be a prototype here with the word smile on the back. Is that for the smile factory in Hong Kong or whatever? Uh, yeah. So I think that would have been one of their samples and you can tell it's got the, yeah. So that uh, there again, um, just a little different first shot. I, that one has um, all painted except for the words across the back. And then I also have a car, a bag sample that I got from Joey Iglesias when he had his big find years ago from uh, which would have been a signed sample. Right. So, uh, so just a couple of comparison figures there. I've never seen a figure with the name of the factory written on the back of it. That's yeah, pretty, that's that's wicked. Damn, Dave, so, you, got, yeah. you have a great collection for just one Jedi character. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I've been lucky, and I've had a lot of people that have looked out for me, and uh, you know, it's people you know collecting the bootlegs and the different things, and I think it's just kind of fun just to see the progression of one figure and uh, how you can go from a photograph to uh, to you know a, a quirky looking bootleg. Yeah, and yeah, and, and we've talked a lot about three D stuff, but I'm I'm most interested in in two D stuff. Um, yep, because it's, yeah. it's more interesting. Um, <laughs> so so you have a pretty biz you have a pretty okay a standard one of a kind chromalin with the free emperor offer, uh, and then next to it mm -hmm. you have some kind of black and white thing. I've never seen this before. What what is this, uh, David? Uh, actually, this you you maybe have seen this. We talked about this. This was similar to a Boba Fett piece that turned up a couple years ago. That's uh, right. It, it's uh, so it's basically if you've ever looked at your printer at home and you have your different color inks, you have your your cyan, your magenta, your yellow, and your black. They would have also used those same color combinations to get the colors in the card back. So um, a lot of times when I was a kid, if you called into the, the newspaper and you had like a French picture or whatever, you could get the the clear plastic versions of that with those four colors and they'd lay them on top of each other to make the photo. Uh, so that's what this is. But instead of printing one in each color, this was a, a, a more of a proof thing. So um, they would do each color in black and you could go through and make sure there weren't any ink dots or there weren't oh. any misconceptions. So okay. ideally, had these been done in their proper colors and you lined them up, you would have got the two, you know, the four, you know, the all color things in, in one spot. So, okay. So, instead so it's almost of like a grayscale colors, proof. Yeah. it's just black. They just did them in black for proofing. Right. It's like, so how had, much had more black studies? could it be, Steve? <laughs> the answer is none. None more black. 
This thing's insane. It's yeah, like looking yeah. at it, I'm like going mad because it's like the image that you recognize, but it's this really saturated, deep, like delicate differences of black and white. And wow, it really is something. I, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because you, you were on and, oh, that's right. You've been on the show, but not yeah, as like a guest, a, as a, yeah. as a ex explainer extraordinaire. I, I was a wallfly at the party, and uh, I, I got you guys cornered. We, we talked about some things in a case, so yeah, yeah that's so, right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, but so I mean, there's there's like there's a handful of these that showed up. Uh, mostly Jedi figures. I think there were uh, there were two from Empire, um, and the rest of them were, were Jedi with the Emperor offered. Or huh. and I think there were like maybe seven or eight of those. Maybe maybe a few more. Oh yeah. <laughs> Should we? Uh, so Sky, we were talking about the the differences of the of the card back earlier, and I'm just noticing in this this shot of the three proofs. So you have the power of the force, unproduced proof. You have what looks like the standard Jedi proof, but the one on the right has the the same kind of further back angle of of Lando, and I don't know if I'd ever seen a return of the jedi proof card with that version of the photo art what is it. this well, no wait, wait. Steve, you're, you're not, wait, wait, wait. steve is get, not selling this <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm just no, no, like, this is insane it now. this is a return of the jedi go, proof go to, so go to the next picture and if you look all the way on the right on the collect all 65 you'll notice above the y-wing is look uh -huh. for these new star uh, toys from the star wars revenge of the jedi so that was actually going to be the revenge um, had it stuck with revenge Okay. So there were a handful of these proofs that showed up um, that they just obviously didn't make the movie change on there. And later they would have caught that in the reviews. Right. So was, I think. And at that time, they probably thought, well, we're not seeing enough Billy D. We're not. We really yeah. want to push the disguise. Right. We want okay. kids to know you're not just getting another skiff guard. You're getting Lando. So yeah. that's why I think they cropped it and zoomed in with the picture. Wow. Oh man, that's that's awesome. So it's it's the earlier version. Okay, there you go. Yes, yeah, so, I mean this mm -hmm. this is an insane thing to see together because I mean I didn't know of this existence. So basically, there appears to be a struggle with the depiction of Lando Skiff. Do you have it three quarters? You know where you see it from his knees up, so you actually right. get a sense of his face, or do you get it from his ankles up, so you get more sense of the figure? The, the unproduced Power of the Force and the Tri-Logo is further away. The Kenner is always mm -hmm. closer to the Return of the Jedi, except for this one bizarre proof that David has. And he has it right next to the other, so that you actually see, like, Return of the Jedi, Lando Calrissian, Skiff Guard disguise, but just different distances. It's like he's getting closer to you. <laughs> I would want to make it, like, animated, so, like, until it's just a helmet in your face. <laughs> Right, yeah. right, because, you know, and it kind of takes the scene, you know, when he grabs Leia, when she's captured in the Bausch costume, you know, and you see briefly, he kind of pulls his mask down, and you go, okay, this is, you know, for those of you that don't know the movie, this is Lando, he's going to be an important guy later on, right. and uh, they were technically doing the same thing with the card back. Yeah. Huh. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, I, I think we should get to the, the we should do the, the theater, we should do the lightning round. So I think we should do one more item from his collection. Oh um, yeah. Well, I don't know what you think that is, Steve. Well, I, I have one in mind, but I, okay. I, I don't okay. know. You, I don't you know do if yours one that... and then I'll, I'll do mine. <laughs> okay, so this one actually isn't one that you'd sent us recently, David, but it's one that I had I had dug up on Rebel Scum. And it's another <laughs> modern piece, but it was this concept for, for Star Wars babies. <laughs> And there's a, a sketch of a of oh. a little toddler Lando in a little oh, okay. skiff guard helmet okay. like buggy. <laughs> 
All right. That that was actually I think that may have been an April Fool's Day or it was a gift from um I, I would work for a company called Bang Zoom Design in Cincinnati. Okay. And uh and there were some guys that were doing a lot of RC concepts and design pieces. Uh-huh. And as as one of their guys left about a year before Hasbro left Cincinnati, and then when Hasbro left Cincinnati, they acquired one of the heads of the model shop. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I met those guys. We had established a good friendship, and later I would go to work for them. Um, when we were in the friends area, one of their guys would draw concepts and production concepts. So he would have an idea and say, we have an idea for you know a, a walking ATST driver or, or ATST. Mm-hmm. So he would draw that concept and ship it over. So as as a gift from them one day, they were coming back from Toy Fair, and on the plane, he drew this Lando Calrissian <laughs> gift card disguise in a baby carriage. So um, it, it's a piece I love just because it's something my friends in the industry did, oh, and awesome. uh, obviously it's a character that I love. So yeah. not um, not some <laughs> unproduced thing that we were going to have, you know, a baby a baby Lando um, preschool line. Like a Muppet but, Babies God, thing. I think we should, I think we <laughs> yeah. should present it again. I, I would buy it in the stores, and there's a lot of new stuff I won't buy. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah the, there's a great little <laughs> bit on here where they're, they're joking. Do we need to include the iconic mustache and eyebrows? <laughs> so there's a version that, that has that on there. Oh, that's great. Yeah, awesome. Good to, good to know what, what this actually is. <laughs> and, and I was just so, going to yeah. talk about Sky here. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but we are about to discuss something that has never been discussed publicly has potentially never even been shown publicly and is an item of some extreme importance. I may come on later to discuss what I have found out since this episode was recorded. Ooh, exciting. It actually is. <laughs> and, and I was just so, going to yeah. talk about, about the picture, I think from the 1984 advertising plans book. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fairly simple, but I don't know if, of all the weird sort of group shots that we've seen, like most of them have been from European catalogs. Um, this is one that I think we've looked at before. It has Klaatu called Wolf and it has the, the Luke Jedi with the weird brown robes. Um, right. I've never yeah. really paid attention to the Lando in this. So what do you know about the Lando in, is from this 1984 Kenner advertisement group photo? So, well, the, the advertising thing, actually, the, the page before that I probably shouldn't have sent you, it was just the advertising plans. All it is is commercials and things that talked about the different characters. Um, this was actually uh, just a photograph, and it showed up um, of, well, a friend of mine that I that, um, that worked in the, in the industry that's also a collector. Um, he did a lot of work with a company that did photography and displays and that type of thing. And... Um, if you ever saw it, the, he um, part of this find was it, they had like a Sears Jabba's dungeon, like a kind of a, a concept for a store display for that that never got produced. That right. turned up in that. Oh, and it's, okay. It's just some early photography. I would say they were the Lando, just comparison to mine and the colorization and things for it. I would say it's an internal first shot of of that character. Wait, so, um, so this no, picture wasn't no ever used anywhere? I think it didn't it show up in Europe at one point. In I time? think it did, I, yeah. But I, I don't I remember a pure like... white low gray. So that that was the one thing, Sky. I think in the image that I think we're typically used to seeing, low gray and Leia are kind of blacked out. Like the, the Leia has the weird it almost looks like a weird antenna alien thing and then the low gray is, is blacked out. I think that might be what you're you're thinking of. I've never seen it with with the, with those two figures specifically pictured. 
Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So this would have been the original shot uh, that they would have taken. And then, you know, what you're seeing, what the, what you're actually used to seeing is the more production, more, you know, airbrushed, a little, you know, wiggled out. Right. But it's neat because you look closely, you've got Luke in robes. So it's Luke yeah. Jedi Knight, but it's right. not the Luke Jedi that we're used to. Uh, you got a squid head with uh, it looks like a hard copy belt that no more connects. It's just stuck in there um, <laughs> with a with a black cape kind of wrapped around it. Yeah, um, I really like you know Chief Turp has kind of got a little more action. He's got a little more paint detail on the bone, which I'd never seen anywhere else. Mm. Um, Wolf obviously is uh, is plateau, and yeah. it certainly has the sand worn lighter colors, which I think is really actually cooler figure than what came out. Yes, and actually, so, yeah. I, I I have the answer, Steve. Do, oh, okay. Do you, know, do you know where I found the answer? Uh, I'm gonna guess somewhere on the archive. Yeah, on the archive, <laughs> the article that was written by Chris uh, Jorgulius, um, and I think Ron wrote it with him. I don't know, but we talked about it a lot. The the original Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight action figure design. And right. I was trying to remember what it came from, and it is this image that that David is showing us, and it was in the Meccano uh, catalog. Okay. And when we talked about it, we were freaking out because we didn't understand why it looked that like uh, Leia Boosh looked like Jamiroquai, like had this weird like <laughs> helmet with like horns on it. It's, That's right. It yeah. actually was blacking out Akbar's name in the background. Ah, there you go. That makes and, complete and sense so, now. So, yeah. so Leia was blacked out. Lowgrade right. was blacked out. Both their yep. names are blacked out. Chief Chirpa yep. was blacked out with a question right. mark. But then the rest yeah. of it is all the same. So, okay. so that's why we didn't quite recognize it. So I've never seen this image, David. Have you, have you shown this image around a lot to like Chris and everybody? Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, okay, because this is, I maybe, think, pretty important. Maybe not. No, I, we should bring it up. Yeah, because I mean, this is like, I mean, we've spent hours talking about this Luke Jedi figure and, and this image of all these really important, you know, I think, I think the is this a I forget if this was a hard copy or was it the proto mold which was it um, but whatever it is it's like all these original designs and to have a a snow white low grade is already exciting and then I love this Lando because his helmet doesn't fit <laughs> like you can tell <laughs> yeah you're like should we fix it man no one cares <laughs> So, yeah, they were either like scared that they were gonna like tip the paint, and yeah. I would be through, you know, the point that that you know, I don't know if that was the deal or if it was like, yeah, this thing isn't fitting, and just you know, it's like the squid head, right? We got what we got, just throw the some bitch in there and take the photo, boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like breathe. that. It's not about about scraping his head. It also reminds me, uh, I played football in middle school, and like you know, you, you get your helmets, and you know, you don't get your own helmet. So yeah, I, I remember the first day I put on this helmet that just barely fit me at all, and like that's like Lando's like, but I'm bigger than this. Put the helmet on, get out there. Uh, right. Exactly. Wow. Well, this this is great. This might be the the big discovery. This sort of original photo that was used in the. Uh, in the McConnell line, because it's also, it seems it's higher resolution than that we have of the McConnell one as well. Uh, so you can really look at that Luke Jedi. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, Steve, my yeah, yeah. one last question was actually important. Yours was about Muppet Babies. But it's just <laughs> hang on, hang on, guys. I've got, I've got an emergency collect call phone call. It's Pablo. He has a top toys Jamaraquai layabout. Oh. Only sold in, only sold in South America. <laughs> 
Uh, I was going to make a Jamiroquai joke, but I forget <laughs> the name of that one song. What was that? It's like Moving in Stereo? Oh. No, that's the covers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was Face. It was Face. Yeah, I can't think of the album. I, I had it, but um, <laughs> we still had a CD somewhere. We all had a Jamiroquai. And I'm looking it up on <laughs> on Google. I, I just called him Jamiroquai. Uh, okay, Jamiroquai. Virtual Insanity. That's, that's, that's the one it. that I remember. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so just a little postscript here. Um, I've spoken to some people who I think might have an answer. I texted uh, Ron, 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 Ari, Ron, Ron, Salvatore, Chris Gergulius. Um I might have had the wrong like text number for Chris because he never responded, and he usually responds. Um, Ron said that he was pretty sure that he had seen it, and then I pushed him a little bit more on it, and he said actually that he hadn't, uh, he didn't remember seeing the uncensored version. So he can't remember for sure. Uh, he has a pretty good memory, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that um, he like dropped the phone and jumped up and down and like did a flip and was just freaking out, running around his, his condo, just screaming, they found it, they found it, thank God they found it, thank God Almighty they found it, they found it, praise Jesus, praise Lord Jesus, high above, they found the uncensored Meccano image. And then he fell down the stairs, but didn't hurt himself, so it's okay, and you can laugh. Um, and then he got up and, and just cried. Just cried for joy. Just wept openly. Or he just said, huh, that's kind of neat. Um, I, I mentioned the white low gray to him, and he said that in the photo, it looks like it could just be a little bit blown out, like the, the exposure on the picture. Um, and then he also mentioned, I do have a white low gray though. So I don't know how I haven't seen that. I'm going to his house next week, I hope. So, uh, I'll report back to that. Um, provided that he doesn't have any lingering injuries from falling down the stairs uh, in his excitement. Um, I talked to Matthias Rendall, ha ha ha, uh, about it. Um, and he, you know, jogged his mind and realized that it was probably from the same series of the Palatoy and Playmix posters. Um, and is definitely the same picture from Makano, but he has never seen the uncensored version either. And also, at some point, we were questioning whether or not this picture was taken abroad or taken at Kenner. And I think we now have our answer pretty definitively um, that it was taken at Kenner. So I'm calling it a, a new discovery, the uncensored 65 back hard copy prototype photograph. Maybe we'll have a competition to see who can name it something better than what I just named it. All right, um, back to the show. All right, well, uh, Steve, I think we should have a commercial. I think so. Yeah, it's it's time. So, Steve, uh, how, how do you uh, how do you groom your private parts? No, I'm sorry, I listen to too many podcasts. Um, so <laughs> let's uh, let's do a commercial. So every once in a while, David, we do something called Kenner Commercial Theater. And uh, yeah. this is this is where uh, I basically dramatize the entire commercial. I write it out as though it were a work of great art, uh, and then people do the voice acting, and then we just play the actual thing. So, uh, are we? Is anyone ready for this, Steve? Uh, are we ever ready? I think yeah. we're. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys have your lines. Steve, you're the bad guy. Uh, David, you're the good guy. Oh, yes. okay, all right. Okay. Okay, so we now all have our scripts. Here we go with Kenner Commercial Theater. The voice of God tells us, 
The Force is back! The Rebels won't tire until they see the last of the Empire, and Kenner is there with the Star Wars Return of the Jedi collection. After the predictable clips from the movies cease, the idealized playscape of an eternal summer backyard in 1983 unfurls before us. The skiff is now transformed into a piece of wood, presumably culled from a nearby oak. The boy in an inexplicably long sleeve light blue shirt rolled just below the elbow maneuvers it through space. A middle-aged woman relaxes in the background, her hair frozen in time and space with a fixative spray that must also be capable of repairing roof shingles. She is reading, insouciant, not heeding the action of the children in the foreground. Are they her children? Just one of them? We will never know. On this makeshift driftwood skiff, Weakway stands next to a Klaatu skiff, wearing his menacing white skirt. Luke, like the little boy who carries him, is improbably overdressed in a full black cloak, with a mysterious skiff guard next to him. His vibro axe is out, and his identity is hidden to all. The boy in the blue-sleeved shirt is the bad guy in this kinder drama. He says... I'm going to feed you to the Sarlacc pit, Skywalker. The woman. Let's just call her Mom. Mom turns her head at this announcement. Is she interested in the story? Is she worried by the aggressive tone of her son? Is her son in danger? As the camera zooms out, we see the other boy. The good boy. He wears a full, long-sleeve red shirt with a white-colored undershirt. Does this boy always dress as Popeye's paramour olive oil? We can't know. But today, he is in this platonic ever-American backyard with his friend, with his olive oil outfit and his strong helmet of brown hair. With a free-market hand, Olive Oil Boy grabs the figures off the makeshift wood-drift skiff. One, and then another, and the voice of God tells us. Klaatu, Weequay, Luke Skywalker, and Lendo Calrissian, each sold separately. Suddenly, the director makes a bold choice. Close up on the blue shirt sleeve child as he pushes out a plank of wood. Continuity be damned, as there are now three toys in his playscape. The masked man is conspicuously absent. The boy in blue, the bad boy, menacingly says through his Klaatu avatar, Prepare the plank, weak way. The situation is dire, impossible. Only some spectacular deus ex machina can save this situation. Some coup de théâtre can lead to a satisfying dénouement. And then, at this crucial moment when all is lost, extreme close-up on the toy of the masked man, as a dismembered hand lifts his helmet off and the red-shirted boy, the good boy, the boy who makes his mom proud, declares triumphantly, Surprise, surprise! I'm Lando and Skip Disguise! Let's get out of here, Luke! Both boys, in unison, usher the revealed hero and the cloaked Jedi to safety, leaving the two miscreants alone on a plank. Screaming at the top of his lungs, the blue-shirt boy yells out in the voice of villainy defeated, Whoa! The plank is falling! As he says this, the boys tip over the plank and the toys fall to their doom. No Sarlacc toy exists, existed, will ever exist. Instead, these idealized boys with their idealized backyard and their idealized absent and ever-present mother have fashioned a pit out of a green bucket dug into a sandbox. No teeth, no need. This is play. This is 1983. This is summer. This is always happening and has always happened. These two toys ever falling into this green bucket are as eternal and as unchanging as the sun, the tides, the Grand Canyon, human imagination, mom's hair when you were eight years old, and the emotion of happiness. 
While all of this happens, in unison, both boys yell in the delight of false terror. Help! The voice of God comes back to say the same thing he has already said. This time with the boys gone, the toys alone against a black backdrop that is black as death. Klaatu, Weequay, Luke Skywalker, Lando Calrissian action figures, each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi collection. And scene. Wow. <laughs> okay, so, so now I'm going to play it so you can actually hear it in the 30 seconds it actually took to watch. <laughs> the Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. I'm going to feed you to Sherlock Fitz, Skywalker. Glad to. Weequay, Luke Skywalker, and Lando Calrissian each sold separately. Prepare the plank, Weequay. Surprise, surprise, I'm Lando in disguise. Let's get out of here, Luke. Whoa, the plank is falling. Help! Glad to. Weequay, Luke Skywalker, and Lando Calrissian action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. <laughs> so, so thank you, Steve, for sharing that. Is that is that what you got out of the commercial? You know, uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of analysis, uh, I think this would get an A, A plus. <laughs> it, it really is a great commercial. I've never seen one before with, where the mom was present. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like maybe some of those earlier ones, you might see a dad playing a game or something, but yeah, uh, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Colt 45 works every time. Mom couldn't pass up the allure of being in the backyard on a hot day with the, you know, with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was a drunk. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that she's uh, she's she's something. Uh, surprise. I will surprise. say this. If you ever, I don't know if you ever saw pictures of this, but during the Kenner, when they had the sale in Cincinnati, I got to go up in the room in, 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 the, in the old, Kroger, not the Kroger building. It would have been up at their, um, at the old Hasbro building. And, like, the room they shot the commercials in was, like, the most bizarre thing because there was this, like, side room that was nothing but, like, black and white photos of children. And then you had this, like, bedroom that had things like the bed had, like, a huge hole cut in the middle of the mattress. So I guess for scenes, you could put the camera in the middle of the bed and, like, two different things. It was just the most bizarre room ever. Wait, so so you got to, when, when Kenner was leaving Cincinnati, you got to go up and hang around, like, in the Hasbro offices? They they had an auction. They had an auction to the public because I for you know several weeks before as things were closing out, I would go up there and the security guard would throw you out. Or if you were in Cincinnati, you'd say, "Hey, could I have you know? Do you have like some letterhead? Do you have like a pen I could have something that said Kenner?" And you know usually it'd be various you know it's, you know your your typical you know get out of here you know do you have a badge you shouldn't be in here etc cetera, etc cetera. don't look in the garbage you know and that's how your day would end. But on auction day it was great because you got you know he held the door open for you and you got to walk in. And uh, they sold lots of stuff that day, and they went from room to room. Um, the only room they – actually, at that time, they were still doing their CAD development in Cincinnati. And uh, one of the employees was nice enough to take me down and walk me through, and I got to see when they were doing CAD for um, – I'm trying to think what they had. He showed um, – it would have been the, um, the Starfighter for Anakin Starfighter or whatever from Episode 1. Was, wow, so, was so, so this CAD is computer-assisted design, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So that's where they would just basically, yeah, draw the draw the item on a computer, and then you would kind of like little grains of sand would come across, and each layer would build itself up. Wow. So that was still being done there because it was so expensive to set up, and and they didn't move it at that time. But yeah, everywhere else you're just walking through the different offices. You got to go back to like the the you know the work rooms, the, the you know the prototyping areas, uh, photography areas, marketing, and just you know wander around. 
And and that building, the Kro so that was in the Kroger building. No, uh, it would have been. Um, um, it's it's not too far from the casino today. If you go back into Cincinnati, it's uh, there. I can't remember the name of the insurance company that's taken it over, but um, they had um, they had several. It was over. There's a art museum account over Fox News where there or Fox has their uh, Cincinnati offices. It's down over in that area. Oh right, that, yeah, like that's like KCPO, right? Like the the. Elsinore place is, is, is the road. Right, Elsinore. Okay, right. So, so, that, so okay, so that was the and so that was the Hasbro building, and it was the Kenner building beforehand. A, Hasbro decided what I guess they decided it was too expensive to be down in Kroger, and they wanted their own facility, so they left. And I think I, I think Hasbro made that decision to move them. I, I don't think that was the Kenner decision. Okay. I think they were pretty happy down at Kroger. Okay. Mm. Wow, I I think Steve, we need to have David on more. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I, I'm really liking the idea of a of a Huckabone super episode. We could get like Duncan, David, Ron, and Huckabone on, and just like just hit go, and then like someone should like sneak up behind me and like like put chlorophyll on a rag and make me pass out so I don't interrupt them. And uh, yeah, I, I think we get a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, so I'm thinking, Steve, should we should we do one of our uh, famous ambush market watches? <laughs> yeah, I guess we we could. I've prepared if, it. Um, I figured you might have. Uh, if if you're up for it, David. <laughs> okay, so so this is. I'm um, sure. One dollar flicks. Market watch. This is how this works. Uh, I'm going to uh, alternate between uh, things that have sold and things that are for sale. And so I'm going to ask you what, okay. what the asking price is if it's for sale. And I'm going to ask you what it's sold for. And you're going to have to guess. And whoever's closer gets a point. Um, and then who, okay. whoever wins, I, I don't I don't know what... Uh, <laughs> Whoever wins gets to kiss Duncan. Um, so, <laughs> Get, uh, no way, I'm not getting in trouble with Dan. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to start with something that sold. Okay, so, okay. Right. so you can't look this up. What do you think an AFA seventy five Toll Toys Lando Skiff? So this has got the free Nien Nub offer. Um, you know that sixty five. You know, there's no Lando with Nyan Nub offers available in America because um, it was a sixty five back character. So what do you think this sold for AFA seventy five? So uh, this is the Aust Australian carded figure. Yes, Australian yeah. carded okay. figure. Um, yeah. So AFA seventy five. Hmm. Yes. So uh, it's a Nyan Nub offer Lando skiff. It's right. in good condition too. It, it looks nice. It's unpunched. I'm probably I have I'm probably way off as usual, okay. but I have something written okay. down. <laughs> have you written it down, David? Yeah, you have to write it down so you uh, can't cheat afterward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. What did you say it was, Steve? I, I put two fifty. Okay. And what did you put, uh, David? I went on the high end because you don't see those too often. So this is the one with the revenge sticker, right? Uh, no, not a revenge sticker, but it's it's got the free Nyan Nub offer. 
Um, okay, I was going with the with the one that. Okay, so it's return. So I I, I said six hundred if it was revenge. So I'm going to probably mark that down to like four fifty. Okay, the winning bid with forty one bids was eight hundred and sixty dollars. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> now, do do you have one of these, David? I have a squid head with the nine M offer, and I think I have a toll toys that's just the regular. Um, I think he's just the regular version uh, for Lando. Okay. I'd have to look into that. I didn't. I didn't dig out any of my carded stuff for for you guys. Maybe we'll do. I'll, I'll send that to you another time. Sound good? Yes, that sounds good. Now, what do you think one is currently being offered for? Not so uh, the same same item. Yeah, AFA forty, but it's oh. uh, it's it's on for sale. So what do you think this is being sold for? I'm saying uh, five. Five. Okay, what are you saying, Steve? I had I was gonna say five. I'll, I'll say five fifty. Yep, they're trying to sell it for a thousand. Okay, Ugh. so Ooh. keep trying to sell that, uh, Mick Fett. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that is. That might be someone cool. I don't know. All right, uh, let's see here. Another thing that sold. This is quite interesting. This is uh, what do you think a uh, ungraded you know, good condition, punched, but I would say, you know, C8, C7, C8, solid condition, Return of the Jedi, Lando Skiff goes for. Like, just your basic unit of Lando Skiff. Okay. You, do anyone hear me say? Yep, I'm ready. Why don't you go, David? I'm saying 85. Okay, what are you saying, Steve? I had 95. Steve, you're closer, 150. Dang. Um, that, that seems to be about the price. Like if you want to get a good condition Lando Skiff, it seems that in between $100 and $150 is the going rate, which, you know, for such a cool figure, uh, I think really sounds pretty good. Now, what about a standard uh, Emperor offer uh, with, a, with a slightly yellow bubble? What do you think that went for? So this is this is one that did sell. Yes, it did sell. I'm not going to do the on offer anymore because it's okay. just too stupid. Okay. Actually, I'm going to do one <laughs> okay. more like that. Okay. Uh, so you said Emperor offer yellow bubble. Yeah, yellow bubble. But besides that, it's mint. All right, I'll I'll go. Okay. I put sixty six dollars. All right. What did you say, David? I I want to get something right with my eighty eight dollar offer. So I'm <laughs> saying eighty eight. Okay. Well, you're closer again. It's a hundred. It's, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sold sold for a hundred. So, are we tied now? <laughs> I, I'm I'm so bad. Wait, you're, you're not you're not keeping score. Keeping score. <laughs> uh, oh, um, no no. David's up two to one. That's right. Okay. It, 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 it's scoring in stiff guard disguise tonight, guys. It's, we really don't show you the score until later. Yes. Right. Yes. Thank, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and then and then this is just what's interesting. A uh, a first shot. Uh, AFA ninety with a C with a COA is currently for sale. You might know this, David, because you might be looking it up. Um, it's a clear plastic prototype first shot torso. So, okay. uh, what do you think this is currently on sale for, Steve? Um, I'll just throw out seventeen hundred. Okay. What do you say, David? I think one, one sold at Celebration for twelve hundred, and I think this one's two thousand. Well, 
3500 is what it's being offered for. Jeez. Yep. But we'll, who knows if it'll sell. So uh, there are well, 43 think... people watching it. <laughs> so I think David wow. definitely won. So uh, He clearly won. Yes. <laughs> um, so... It's easy when you only have two figures to look for, you know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. So that means you get to kiss Duncan, but I, I happen to know he has a thing for blondes, so... You, you should be fine. Um, that that was my other theory was that you were secretly uh, Anne in disguise because um, the blonde hair that actually makes a lot more sense than you being Duncan in disguise. But that, these are really complicated theories that I don't think I should pursue any further. I should just stick to top toys not existing. That you gotta you gotta just pour all your energy into that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, well, I think we're going to move on to talking about uh, Lando stuff that is silly. So I think we've we've had enough with your awesome stuff. Is there is there something about Lando that we didn't talk about? Wait, wait, Steve, we haven't done the 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 lightning round yet, Steve. That's true. We haven't done that in a long time. Are you ready yeah. for the lightning round, David? Sure. Yes, he is. Okay. Let's see if I remember all the questions. All right, I probably don't. <laughs> the first question. What is your favorite bad line from a Star Wars movie? I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have one. Is is that getting me thrown off? Steve, have we ever accepted not having one? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a there's a first time for everything. Yeah, I guess. I, I think maybe the singing, maybe the singing Ewoks when they're lighting the fire and they're going, you know, they kind of do that. You see, that David, totally counts. that's, that's yeah. why we insist, because that is a hilarious answer. <laughs> We're going to burn these right? sentient I mean, creatures you're... alive. They speak and have culture and feel pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you know, you're like, I'm burn it's the burning somebody alive theme song, right? You're just kind of merrily singing it along. Some sound designer worked his entire life, and he's like, I got to do a what? <laughs> We should like like get like scenes from uh, uh, like like Joan of Arc or the Witch Trials or whatever, and just put that Ewok sound in there, like overdub it in the movies. Well, you know that scene; it had to be like they're like, "This is too hard for kids. We got to make this comical so children are going to lighten it up." Think they're being burned alive, right? Just a little bit, lighten it up. Yeah. All right, that is absolutely a great answer. Uh, okay, uh, I remember all the. There's four questions, Steve. How hard can it be? Um, what is your Grail item? What's the thing you're most looking for? Oh my! Oh gosh, I, I would like to get a painted hard copy from the U.S. The Kenner version for for probably Lando Skiff or Lobot. Uh, so that's that's been out there for a long time. I, I was lucky though, and I'm, I'm a sort of star. It's not Star Wars, but I for the longest time I wanted the Kenner Bird. They did like a a 12 inch. Kinnerflex version of, of the mascot, and I picked that up about uh, two or three weeks ago. Wow. So I was thrilled to add it. Okay, but but as far as like things you're looking for for your Star Wars run, you're saying a painted hard copy of either uh, Lando or Lobot. Okay. Yep, um, that would be it. Not not the photo art. Um, I have the photo art for the Trilogo Lobot, um, so I'm happy with that. Um, you know, if the other one came around, I, you know, I wouldn't turn it down, but, um, you know, to have one, I'm happy. You don't have to be greedy. You know, you know, the photo art for second photo art for Lobot, I remember that was still for sale when I bought my, uh, Chewy second photo art. 
And I remember thinking that I should have got both of them because those were, you know, all the photo arts like that wasn't considered awesome stuck around for a long time on Nyheisel's sale list. So, yeah, you, you waited a while to get that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, actually, I got it secondhand. Um, for the longest time, there was, but there was like, a, was it low-grade? I think they had kind of this wild airbrush swoop in there. Yep. And then I think, what, was, was Obi-Wan Kenobi there? And there was like mm-hmm. Leia Hoth maybe for the Chai logo and I think a couple of Ewoks. And you're right, they just kind of sat out there for the longest time. Yeah, people were yeah, like, $2,000, no like, thanks. <laughs> and I was at the point where I was like, you know, I'm just going to break down and pull the trigger. And I don't even remember which one I was going to get now. And I, for some reason, I was working late, working in IT. We had like a job that was running at night, and I had to go watch it and just sit in an empty office room. Um, and on eBay, all of a sudden, the Reeves photo art just pops up. And it was like the same day I was like ready to pull the trigger. So um, I miraculously was able to grab that like two seconds after it was listed. And he had a bunch of carded Reese figures. And I was like trying to put a bid in on those to see if he'd sell the whole set. And it turned out to be a crazy day. So, uh, wow. so yeah. So that but was. But you, you uh, don't have the Reese art anymore, do you? I let it go. Um, that You talked about pieces that you haven't let go. Yeah. Um, that pretty much paid for most of what I had in my collection. And. Uh, didn't pass it didn't pass that one up because we we yeah. talked about that photo art extensively on our uh, on our reese <laughs> episode uh, okay cool so, so yeah it was nice okay so that was that was your do you know where the is the lando photo art out there yes it is okay and it's and it's the full it's the full photo with not the you know not the three-quarter or not the, the close-up that you saw in the u.s card all right. Okay. Um, all right. And then uh, if uh, okay, we don't say burning down anymore, uh, if there was a tornado in Cincinnati that was poised to destroy every single thing you have in your collection, except for one thing, what would be the one thing that you would save uh, from the tornado's wrath? Uh, it would be a set of micro figures that are beat to, to heavens um, that probably wouldn't bring $2 on eBay. But uh, my grandmother and I were, were, she was detrimental in letting me collect and get things and having the patience to go to like all the stores to find things as they came out. And uh, she, when I was in junior high, um, fell victim to cancer. And one of her friends had stopped by a garage sale and saw some Star Wars things and bought these micro figures and gave them to my grandmother to give me here for right, like the day she passed away. Wow. So that is a Star Wars item I couldn't let go. Wow, that's wow. that's amazing because that's a lot of people say you know childhood figures and it's sentimental for like memories of playing, but that's such a really strong family memory. Wow, and uh, do you, do you like so, do you do you even display those or do you just kind of keep them near or? Uh, no, they came in this kind of cheesy seventies um, brown leather um, jewelry box. Oh, that's what she bought them in that day, and she kind of thought it was a cute box. To, she probably bought it that same day and said, "Oh, instead of packing it or wrapping it, I can give them, you know, give them this within a package." And uh, yeah, they've just always kind of stayed in there, and uh, yeah, they've they've got a, a permanent spot in my in my collector shelf. Wow, that's that's great. Okay, so we've asked you all the easy questions now, David. It doesn't sound like we did, but we did. Because the hardest question is one which I can always edit out any space and time that it takes to make you to, for you to think about the answer. But if you were okay. a vintage Star Wars item, not necessarily a toy, any vintage Star Wars memorabilia, what would you be? Not what do you want to be, not oh. what's your favorite thing, but like you as a, 
existing as a person, your personality, if it could be summed up in one Star Wars vintage item, what would it be and why? I secretly wanted to be the Takara lightsaber that had like the color changing, you know, um, you know, color changing slides in it. Okay. So, you know, you could like, you know, be emotional when you beat your sister to get her out of your room. Okay. I mean, that's not really my personality though. Okay. You know, that, that would be kind of fun for the day. Okay. But that's your aspiration. Um, that's fine. You can, you can, you can have an aspirational item too. That's good. You know, that's, that's kind of like the, you know, you have kind of your alter ego. Yeah. You know, you're kind of like, ooh, someday that would be fun to do. Maybe we should oh, start man. asking that, Steve. That's fun. Like, like what, what is your aspiration? Because, you know, my aspirational Star Wars item is a Boba Fett figure. Like, I'm obviously as cool as this guy, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So that 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 I think is a, a representation of me, right? Yeah, it's a there's psychological truths hidden within this answer. So it's it's a fun thing to think about. Well, I think after talking to you guys, I, I think I'm kind of the Jawa or the Sandcrawler, right? I kind of hide in the shadows at events, <laughs> kind of make my way, jump out, grab a few items, put, put them in my car, and drag them home, right? So, okay. uh, you know. And and the you have a, the auctioneer part comes out there too. That you have the sales. <laughs> Every once in a while, we line everything up. You know, I, I I don't display it well, but I've got a few pieces, and you guys call and show it to you, and we go home. You're a tall, blonde-haired Jawa that makes sense. Yeah. These, these things go a lot of distance in that image, but I like it. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, we'll definitely get you back on again. Uh, you're you're always a pleasure to have on, and you. You know a lot, and you have a lot of great hobby history, so we really appreciate having you on here. Well, guys, I appreciate it. It's an honor. I love the work you do, and I love catching up with you guys at different events and shows, and uh, look forward to catching up with you real soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, David. All right. All right. Good night. We, we went through so many great things of his, and we didn't touch on everything. No, it's, no. You know, it's, it's interesting because... You know, we, we really appreciate and we really like the Vintage Rebellion and we definitely don't do the show the same way. And I, I thought about like going through every single thing that he sent us um, and that would be a lot more information and we would learn a lot more, but I sort of fear that it would sort of wear out the audience. So I, I, I don't know. I, I am interested in feedback about uh, if people want to put on Facebook or something. If like I, this has a very specific example, like would you prefer the episode to be 45 minutes longer if we went into every item that he had in his collection or is it better that we you know left some things unsaid i, I don't know sure yeah yeah and no, i mean it's it's just so much um yeah um well speaking of, of too much i don't know if, if uh <laughs> we want to close on maybe a a basket like a skiff shaped basket of unloved lando skiff items <laughs> oh yes we will okay and here comes the drop You don't hate only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. So you you you've you've got these grouped into the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what is good, Steve? All right. So I went with these uh, the set of Italian. Return of the Jedi stickers for for the good. Um, there's a Lando Skiff one in this set, so there's 18 characters all in all. And this artwork it appears in other places, but uh, this is a set of of stickers. So you have 
Lando's skiff is uh, is one of these eighteen. It's got an image that in you know, the artwork is. I think it's probably replicated elsewhere, but I, I like the the way that the set is set up. So you have, let's see, one second. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be like standard Kenner Return of the Jedi line art, but what they've done is they've put a sort of circle behind it with a solid yeah. color, and they right. have the line art bursting out of that solid color. So as yes. an example, it's your standard picture of, uh, of Vader with his arms crossed that you see yeah. like on the roller like on, skates. You ex- know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but they frame it in such a way that it's really dynamic because it breaks out of this frame. Uh, same yeah. thing with the Chewie. I don't have that Chewie. And no I was wondering if you did, yeah. I need it. Look at the spelling of Chewbacca. C-I-U-B-E-C-C-A. Chewbacca. Yeah, but, Man, I went there's to also... Half the girls I went to school with were named Becca or Jen, so this is great. <laughs> well, see, another reason you, you absolutely need that is these are apparently sold in packs of two. And if you notice, who is Chewie paired with? He's paired with the Emperor. Yeah. If that. I were a vintage Star Wars item, I would be this. I wouldn't be Italian. But yeah, if this is a French sticker set, then it would be you. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that uh, some of the, the Italian names for these other characters too. So uh, Han is Ian, Ian Solo. It just looks like Ian, Ian yeah, Solo. Ian Solo, yeah. Uh, let's see, there's some other good ones. <laughs> Yoda is spelled with a J. Yoda. Yes, yeah. Yep, and then instead oh of Darth God. Vader, <laughs> Admiral Akbar is Amaraligo Akbar. <laughs> it's great, yeah. Darth Vader is uh, what is it? Darth Fenner, <laughs> right? Which which yeah. goes all the way back to the Harbert Twelve Backs. That's also that's what he's right. called there. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are like it's taking like a, a a set of art that you you see a lot, but it's done. It's presented in a really dynamic and and cool way. And, and Lando Skiff happens to be in this set so that's that's the good <laughs> yeah these are really i don't know how i didn't know about these but yeah i definitely need to get the well, i need to get two one from emperor collection and one from my chewbacca collection because i mean this yes. is the going back to this repeated imagery i've never really liked the the return of the jedi image that they chose for chewbacca like he's kind of like turning and he has a yeah, goofy look on his face but he does here, have a goofy look he yeah. looks cool yeah yeah um okay so that's so, the good that's the good and and this next and one it's good that I, you start this because good the bad the ugly of course is an italian movie yes so, yeah a bruto yeah, so. bueno bruto <laughs> il, yeah, okay uh so next i i i say this is the bad and it's it's not all bad but it's uh some of the lando skiff tops trading cards uh, and i'd say that the cool thing about this is that he that, that same image i think is used on uh, one of the like the packages for the tops cards in the second series for Jedi. So it, it's also really like it pops, like the art pops on the on the card packet. But the cards themselves, we, we talked about this I think with with uh, with uh, Gary uh, when we had him on way back when. But right. they kind of started running out of, of images and, and ideas for for filling out card sets. So every one of the Lando ones is, is basically the same thing. Uh, you have one that's Heroes in disguise and has him and Leia, and then you have another one. It's just Lando Calrissian's disguise. It's just a, a close up <laughs> of him <laughs> with uh, that. And this actually looks like one of those reference photos that that kind of appears everywhere. And then another one in that same uh, later series, Lando Calrissian undercover. And so this image I don't think I've seen before, but it's basically you know it it just shows 
what was going on with those sets where you have the same basic stuff repeated like three or four times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I love the uh, the the art for the the actual pack for the card itself, cards itself. That, yeah, that's so, awesome. So the what he's talking about is the actual <laughs> wax pack outside right. has a line drawing, and it's of um, for the second set of Return of the Jedi tops cards, and it's a beautiful yeah. drawing of of Lando. Um, yeah, and it's these are nice too. Again, it's the framing device is nice because it's coming right out of the rectangle. It says Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Uh, it's really nicely yeah. framed. Yeah. Heroes in disguise. Lando Carrizi in disguise. Lando. Lando undercover. In undercover. Lando. <laughs> can't tell who that is. Look who's in the mask. Yeah. Okay, so that was the bad. We have a sticker. That's the bad. Sticker good. Tops cards bad. And then what yeah. is what is this ugly, Steve? <laughs> so the ugly is a uh, it's a figural mug of Lando's skiff. It's just his head. Now, we've talked about some other Sigma items many times in the Unloved segment, but I don't think we've talked about these mugs before. So there was a series of mugs that were all in the shapes of characters' heads. And the Lando skiff one, it just, it takes all of the cool of Lando's skiff and just and just sucks it out to me. <laughs> like, it is the weirdest kind it of bland-looking... So it's It's not good, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's just the it's almost like all it's one color tone. Uh, it's very yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look black. He looks like Tom Selleck. Like he's, yes, he has right. Tom Selleck mustache, Tom Selleck skin tone, Tom Selleck eyebrows. It <laughs> yeah. looks like his. It looks like his. It's like some kind of Cronenberg mask that's <laughs> yeah. taking over his face. The yeah, mask it's is totally Cronenberg. Yeah, absolutely. The, the helmet. Boy, Morty, I really Cronenberg the world up, didn't I? Oh Morty, we, we really Cronenberg this up. But the, the the helmet is not dark enough. None no. of the colors are right. No. This is, and the rest of the figural mugs are basically right on. But this yeah, is... no, yeah, this one is just it. It's not good. Um, I I have the Klatsy one actually. Um, Tessa got that from Todd Chamberlain for a Christmas gift for me. I use that actually on my desk at work along with my my tape dispenser 3PO. But I yeah, I hadn't actually really looked at the others in the set. And this Lando is just it's no good. <laughs> Especially when you compare it to the the Gamorrean Guard, which is yeah, yeah. absolutely solid, and the Bib Fortuna, which is yeah. more horrifying. The, the human ones are are a little rough if you look at yeah. the others, but the Lando Skiff, it just it totally like it kills the vibe of the character for me. But but the nice thing is that we have so much unloved items with Jedi figures, just because they overmarketed the crap out of that. Yeah, movie. yeah. oh so yeah. So <laughs> everything like we have Klaatu unloved items, we have to choose, and that's so yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly, and then the fun. Well, oh, this is Steve. just a, a throw-in. It's this, a throw-in. Yeah, I know you like co uh, coloring books, so I, 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 I figured we should. We never talk about them really on the show, and I, I wish I actually had one of these in hand to look at the the interior contents. But this is one that has Lando uh, on the skiff, kind of duking it out with a Nikto guy, which is uh, this is another image that I think you'll see repeated elsewhere. But uh, there you go. It's a Lando cover. So if you went on a crazy focus binge with, with Lando's skiff, you could actually, there's a lot of other weird stuff out there that you could pick up. So yeah, this is a weird photo that's shown a lot and it's it designed is designed to show action, but it's right. a complete failure because 
Lando is fighting with a skiff guy, but you can't really make out who the skiff guy is. Yeah. Like, they're struggling over a gun, but he can't really figure out who has the gun. There's an explosion in the background. The the composition is entirely central, but it's not... Like, if you're going to have a central composition, you want to have something kind of monumental or cool. Right, You can't really read what it is. It's not engaging at all. It's almost as bad as the figural mode. I do have this exact... My childhood version of this coloring book. Oh yeah! So, oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, and I, I put up in the museum. I colored in a Chewbacca and coloring books. I would just I, basically I did it like I was a dog. Like you know the way like some dogs you know urinate and then after they're done urinating they just like urinate <laughs> enough to mark their territory. That was how I would do coloring books. I would just like get to a page and there'd be nothing on it. I'd do like three scribbles and then I'd go to the next page, like just making sure that. Like I'm not gonna take the effort to make it look good, but no, no one else is but going. But it's yours. To. It is it's yours. My page. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, a, a skiff full of unloved Lando skiff. Yeah. Was that was that a whole episode about Lando skiff? I think we did it. Yeah. We did. We, <laughs> we talked a little bit about Disney, but beyond that, that was that was that was pretty streamlined episode, Steve. I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I thought one one last thing. We haven't done real real feedback in a while, but I don't know if you saw saw the nice email that Brisbane Brisbane sent us a, a little while back. Which brings me to another question, Steve. Yes. Do we yeah. need new Market Watch people? I I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case. I feel like I think that after sounded some... really menacing. I didn't mean yeah. it that way. No, no, you need to take back the menacing angle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying. What I'm saying is that like. Because I know Pete's been super busy and he hasn't been able to do them in a while. But I mean, yeah. he goes, I mean, he goes super hard when he does stuff. So maybe we just need to tell him he doesn't have to do it so well. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. I know that, that Brisbane Brisbane Mike has been super busy and hasn't been able to do it for like, several, yeah, like almost a year. It's been a so, while. Yeah, yeah. So should I don't know if we should have like backup people because when I do it, it, it sucks. Well, it doesn't <laughs> suck, but it's not. No, great. no, no, no. Well, I think, and I had talked with Mike about this. I think the thing that was kind of becoming a bit of a struggle with with his angle is that you know he was doing the character of the month and it was becoming a thing where all the the items were were pretty similar and pretty similar in price and we thought I, I he had proposed this idea a while back that when we do when we get towards the end of the 65 back characters to do kind of like a a medley market watch that that highlights a bunch of the 65 back run that's kind of like a, a way to end that series. And it sounds like yeah. he's still up for doing that. And I mean, I think it'd be awesome if he even came on the show to do it too. Yeah. Uh, if we, if we can wrangle him in, that'd be great. But yeah, he sent us this great email kind of catching up and, and letting us know that he's, he's still listening and uh, he's a bit behind, but he's, he's, uh, he's still, he's still out there. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, yeah. I wasn't trying to give up on him. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That, that wasn't what I was saying. I was just trying to, yeah. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, because he was saying how when he last left off, I had a girlfriend. Yeah, and it ended married. amicably, <laughs> and now I'm, now I'm married, and yeah, that, that's really funny. It is. It's one of those weird times that happens a lot where where, where we're like seeing our lives and time time pass through this podcast. It's like talking about weird Return of the Jedi figures, and that somehow quantifies time for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, my, my, my dad asked me this morning, uh, how's a, how's married life treating you? You got into a fight yet? <laughs> I was like, well, 
The nice thing about getting married in your middle age is you don't have to be an adolescent marrying an adolescent, which is what you do when you marry in your 20s. So, no, I think we're fine. But, yeah, it was, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that's all I had. I don't know if, if you had anything else. No, it's good. Um, I am just excited to be back at the show. I think it's good. I'll, 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 oh, damn it. See, there is something more I was going to do. Oh, Thank you for okay. reminding me. Um, uh, every once in a while, Michael Havens asks me if we're all good. <laughs> and the answer is always, <laughs> we're all good, because I'm all good with him. But we have been yeah. talking about having him on the show and maybe a lot, you know, giving him some time to promote his Imperial Commissary Comic Con. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Um, so. I, and that's coming asked, up like next month, right? Yeah. He asked yeah. me to call him. And so I said, okay, should I call you or should I call you and record it? So I think I'm going to call him and record it. And okay. we're going to like pull a Mark Marin, you know, what WTF and, and hash out our business and, and, okay. and okay. make sure we're, we're all set. Cause I don't, uh, I, I really don't think that we presented the Imperial commissary negatively in our episode two episodes ago. Um, but maybe we did. So, uh, if I, have a conversation with him, I will drop it in right here. Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What? Hello, Kivecasters, Kivecasterinos, Kivecasterers. It's Sky. Uh, wait, a, wait, wait. For, I'm going to have a sip here from my Emperor Cup. Uh, wait for it. Pow! That was that was I was drinking from my emperor cup. So uh, we're gonna talk to Michael Havens from the Imperial Commissary. And look, over the years we've butted heads uh, here and there about this or that. Uh, I'm just gonna you know give him a call here in the dog ranch and and make sure he's you know that we're all good and 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 we're gonna talk. Uh, he ends up talking a lot about his convention like, a lot about his convention. I'm not going to cut any of it out because I don't feel like editing. Uh, but, you know, there's some good stuff in there where we go over the nature of Facebook collecting and his beefs with Joe, and then a lot more stuff about his convention. But it makes sense, you know? He's putting on a convention, and so that's what he's going to do. So we're going to talk about that and my days back in the 80s as, you know, major heroin user. And it's going to be very fun. So uh, here's my uh, interview with, uh, with Mike Havens. It's about 40 minutes long, uh, and probably about 37 of those minutes are about the convention. But those other three minutes, well, there, there might be some special stuff to it. All right. Lock the gates. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, then, in that case, uh, I'll get my radio voice on here and say, actually, I've never even asked, do you prefer Michael or Mike Havens? Uh, it doesn't matter, man. Mike is fine, but it really doesn't matter to me. Whatever comes out is fine. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I'm tacking this interview on. I recorded the entire episode 101, and it was all kind of set. Um, and then about a week and a half ago, I got a message from you saying, you know, hey, I'd like to talk and, and clear the air if the air is unclear. And so uh, being the radio mind that I am, I said, well, let's just put it on, on the podcast. So, so uh, what's going on, Mike? What, what, do you, what do you want to talk about? Oh, not much, man. I just, when we were up at Celebration, you said you wanted to get me on the podcast, so I was just seeing if you still wanted me on the podcast. That was all. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it wasn't well, anything <laughs> like that. I didn't know. I mean, I, I know you did a thing with Joe and stuff, and 
that's why I figured, you know, because we were supposed to record one. I wasn't, I don't know, man. That was more just like personally between me and you. I mean, we were talking about it at the meetup and then we talked about it outside. I didn't know that's what this was, man. I thought you wanted to do an interview thing like we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. We can do both. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. No, I, but no, I mean, it's totally up to you, dude. It's your show. I mean, you could do whatever you want, but I was just seeing if you still wanted to record something. Yeah. I'm obviously promoting a convention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let's do both. Let's, let's kind of have a, okay. a, a convention promotion and then a sort of, but well, let's 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 we'll, we'll do beginning and end with, with the with the convention uh, because that's that's coming up. It's actually uh, on my birthday, um, which is kind of kind of kind of weird timing. Um, but but why don't yeah, you uh, 13, 14, pr- promote 15. promote it? Because I don't know how much. I mean, I think all of our all of our listeners know about it. But why don't you uh, tell us what it's about, Mike? Yeah, well, all we're trying to do is we're trying to make something just for the actual collectors that. Uh, doesn't really break the bank, break anybody's bank, gets us a lot more of what we're looking for, a lot more vintage toys in one place, but also puts on a full-scale convention that doesn't have you packed in a billion people into one place. Um, I don't know, just trying to avoid the corporate thing, make it more, you were at the meetup, more like that, except huge with guest stars, Um, that kind of thing. That's what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce something more for the fans instead of for the corporate giant that needs to pay the board of directors kind of deal. And uh, it's been going really well. There's lots of really, really good buzz, and I'm really excited for it. So, yeah, definitely come on out, www.icnashville.com. All right, <laughs> I, I see Nashville because it's, it's down in Nashville, um, and, and it's going to be September 13th and 14th. Is that right? Uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th, three-day con. But okay. Friday the 13th, it's only for VIPs. That's one of the things, one of the many things why it's so different. Um, instead of just letting everybody in when VIPs are let in, VIPs get their own special day. It's a full-scale convention. There's guest stars. There's vendors. There's everything. And uh, you get to enjoy it with just a very few people. The tickets are limited to 350 tickets of those. So um, you really get to walk around a whole full, huge-scale convention uh, without anybody else. It's very, it's very like a, a really good private show on Friday, right. and there's special events and stuff like that too. And then, as far as listeners to the show would like, uh, you last time you had I think Ron, Chris, and Todd give a talk. Um, who, yeah. who are the who are the cast regulars who people can see down there? Oh yeah, uh, they, well they're all coming again. Uh, Ron, Chris is coming. Uh, Brian Rushfeld's coming. Uh, Daryl's coming. So he's. They're doing a rocket rocket fest panel. Um, there's lots of actually new information about rocket firing fets that's going to come out at the, the con with a new panel. Uh, Jim Swearingen will be there. Um, Kim Simmons, Timothy Zahn. Uh, who else? Zahn the Chivecast. Let me think. You should be there. I think. Uh, I think your your partner in crime there is coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you know. It's it really is just the 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 timing of things is just for me. It's I always know, just because it's, it's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy you a cake, guy. Come on down. <laughs> well, Easy I, peasy. I think we'll have to do it. I'll have to just try to sort of prioritize it. <clears throat> it's, it's just the, 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 the proximity to the beginning of the school year, too. I just end up like not being able to do anything that I can't just like you know drive to or, or think about. But it doesn't, doesn't matter whether or not I'm there. I mean, it, you have enough. Well, no, to... you know what? That's okay, man, because next year uh, some of the big conventions move their dates around, and they came pretty close to our normal date. Right. So there's a good chance we're going to have to switch the dates. You might get lucky next year. Okay, yeah. You won't yeah. be anywhere near your birthday, maybe. We're going to yeah. see how it works out. Cool. <laughs> well, good. Well, then, then let's get to the, the, the other stuff. So 
uh, about yeah, sure. so the episode ninety nine. <clears throat> we talked a fair amount about you without having you on, and I sort of wanted you to know that that's mainly because you know I I know Joe and I and I love Joe, but he's not the master of self control when it comes to talking about you or with you. Um, so it wasn't so much that I didn't want you on because I didn't think you should be on. Uh, it was more that like. I just know that I didn't want to go off the rails with with Joe. So like that that was that idea. So as far as and yeah. I've told Joe this as far as as far as I'm concerned with that kind of fight um between the two of you um I think you basically play fair and I don't think that he does. And so that kind of makes an inequality because, you know, I'm I'm personal friends with Joe and I've known him for a long time and I'm, I'm getting to know you. So there's just a lot of weird, like, dynamics at play there. So I just figured we'd sort of have you on, you know, sort of... Yeah, sure. Not, not, I mean, not I don't mind. That. Yeah, no, I don't mind talking about it, man. Um, it's not so much a fight. I'm not really that kind of person. Um, I am loud. I am a big shadow that I cast. Uh, that's on me. Um, but I'm never going to change that. And that's also the reason why conventions can be built from scratch out of nothing that actually, you know, make it affordable for the actual fan. Uh, that's what drives me. That's my driving force in my real businesses, whether it's the trucking company or the art galleries, that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me moving forward. I'm always an all inclusive type of guy. And as I've said to Joe a million times, I'm more than willing to bury the hatchet. He's more than welcome at any IC event ever. I've even offered him to do Uze talks at, uh, ICCC. And the reason why is because no matter what, whether it's somebody frustrated or not frustrated or whatever the situation might be, or whatever that person's personality causes them to act out in whatever way, it still doesn't change the fact that Joe is extremely knowledgeable as far as any kind of ouse or vintage bootleg figures. He's probably one of the most knowledgeable, if not the most knowledgeable people, certainly the most knowledgeable people that have put anything down on websites or paper. Right. Um, as far as this is concerned. And I respect that, man. And I would love to be able to share that with the community. But if the guy's going to hate me for no reason, he's going to hate me for no reason. And all I can do is not engage and always be apologetic and always reach out my hand in peace every time I see him. And he can slap it away every time. That's totally his choice. Or he can come play because that's all I'm offering, man. Nobody else was making anything for us as collectors. I mean, there is the history of the SWCA and the info and all the stuff that you guys have brought before that has taught us all these wonderful things that allow us to understand the variations of things and the differences and this, that, and the other thing, and prototypes and pre-production and all these wonderful things that we get to learn from those pages. But the thing is, is there's no live beating heart of this hobby that keeps us all coming back every single year. And that's what this needs to be. We need a place. The best I can uh, say is, you know, uh, James's Forge shows up at CPS Promotions. Yeah, yeah. The great, right? Great toy shows, great shows, a lot of fun. But it's a toy show. And that's really the closest thing that we as collectors have for a convention. And it's wonderful, man. I love going every single time. Top notch. But... I want the pomp and circumstance of these big full-scale conventions. And the thing is, is, if you're not owned by a giant corporation that can literally give you specialized secret clips of the next movies coming out, you know what I mean? It's right. very hard to do something like this. 
But with the help of really, really good people, I've gotten really, really good connections, which have brought people like Gus, like Duncan, like Ron, that all come out and all try to build this thing together. Because it's one of the only places where, man, I give away, I think it's 42 club tables this year. I'm, right. I'm all about the fans. I mean, Celebration, as wonderful as it is and as big as it is, um, and it's top-notch. I go to Celebration every year, don't get me wrong, but I believe they had something like 15 club tables, and I believe their venue is twice the size. So I'm more trying to cater not so much to the, uh, I like Disney World, I'm a huge Disney fan, now I go to this, and right. I like Star Wars too. Right. I'm trying to cater to the, well, man, we used to talk about it in grade school, you know, at a sleepover, and the true way that Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit is because he had a thermal detonator here, and obviously the rocket pack could be fixed because he has a toolkit on his belt, bubble, like that kind of stuff, man. That's who I'm trying to cater to, and that's who we are. And the reason why, the whole reason why, is because I go to big conventions and I hunt Star Wars. You know this. Right. I hunt Boba Fett. I live in Middle Tennessee, man, and Middle Tennessee is built all on this rock. So there's no basements. And what happens to Star Wars when it's kept in an attic in 100-degree heat for four years? It gets ruined. So the only way to get awesome Star Wars to come to Middle Tennessee is to throw a giant toy show or a convention. I figured why not go for the convention because I happen to know a few guest stars. And now that we have something like, I think it's 38 guest stars, man, I mean, I think I think we made the right call here. Right. Because... Uh, you know, it's it's really taken off, and everybody's excited. And I got Yak Face coming and making patches, man. I mean, it's awesome. I'm right. fired up. You know. Now, now, so, now, sort of yeah. a little bit, a little bit to the side. So, yeah. Uh, after the 99th episode, like you, you spoke to me, and you sort of said that you felt like it was kind of a hatchet job on you, and I got the sense that you you took yeah. the the open letter as sort of an attack on you. And this is something I sort of want to talk about a little bit that. That often when I make sort of general comments, often I feel like you take it like hyper personally. And so I sort of Actually, wanted, to, wanted to talk about that. Yeah, if you could, man. I mean, I, uh, I didn't take your open letter personally at all. I had no issue with your open letter okay. as I tried to write. My issue was is that you put Joe on right. completely separate from me, didn't right. give me a chance or opportunity to respond. Right. And allowed him to say something that was, now I'm just paraphrasing, but it's 99% exactly the statement that you put at the end of your episode was Mike Havens is a horrible person and bad for this hobby and he doesn't know crap about Star Wars. Right. Now, the thing is, is that's completely invalid. It's complete slander. It's complete nonsense. Yep. I totally expect it from Joe, but I wouldn't expect it from such a wonderful podcast that's been around for so long that's tied to such a major, wonderful group of people like the SWCF. Yeah, I, and I, that's why I was yeah. so shocked. I, I, I guess what what I was hoping for. I have no for, problem with your open letter. Man. Yeah, it, it might have been too subtle, but what I was like, what I was trying to do was like, and if you if you hear me when I talk about it, I, I very specifically tell Joe that like I don't agree with his assessment. I, I think he goes too far. I was trying to let him say it, and and part of the idea, part of me is thinking that if people hear it, right? I knew I would get you on eventually, so people can hear your side and people can hear his side, and I do know that that there is a, a large. You know, there's a fairly large, like you said about yourself being a large personality, there's a large pro-Mike camp and a large anti-Mike camp. And I, I know it's ridiculous, but part of my, what I hope to do as a sort of intermediary is explain to the anti-Mike camp um, why they should like you and explain to you 
like why the people don't in a way that's not hurtful or like angry or like bitter because there is a lot of that and i think that's that's on the other side you know so brother which i can understand man for example i'm throwing a convention right right twitter everybody's on twitter and they're on what is it snapchat and they're on something else that's new like zazzle or some nonsense right? right and I can't compete with those. I can't promote my stuff on those. You know why? Because I don't understand how to write Twitter speak, man. I don't get it. Right. I mean, it just it doesn't compute with me. Someday, somebody younger that comes up and starts collecting will be like, Mike, I've got 80 billion Twitter followers and I know how to do that. Can I run it? And I'll say yes. You know what I mean? So the thing is, is you can choose when the world changes because everything, the only thing guaranteed on the planet, brother, is change. And if the world changes, you can do one of two things. You can adapt and make that change work for you, or you can stomp your feet and crawl into your hole and yell at every single person that happens to step foot on your lawn. Right. Those are the two choices. The thing is, is if you choose that second choice there, you're never going to have friends. You're never going to be able to do stuff. You're never going to be able to be an integral member of society or help anyone new. Right. And That's I, the problem. Yeah. I, and I, what, I, what are they going to do I, with all these toys, bro, if everybody's old and they don't help out any new people? Yeah, I see. I think, I think probably where all of the problem comes in, now that I'm thinking about it, is mm-hmm. that because you've created it in which the brand is you and you are the brand, like, I, like you, know, you sign your name, I see, and you are the Imperial Commissary, and you are Mike Havens. So that yeah. beca- because those things are completely interchangeable, it means that uh, it, it, it means that you are, I mean, you have made a great place to land. And as I've told many people, if I started collecting Star Wars right now, I would be I would start with the IC. You created that. And that's and I, I don't think that's a, a strike for you or against you. I think that's just the reality. So the fact that it's centered around you, I think is a strength and a a weakness. And I think that it's what I would hope that you could do is not take it personally that it's a weakness. It's not that, you know, it's, it's that I don't brother. And I'll tell you why, because the whole reason why it's like that. I mean, even those people may think I'm the most narcissistic, crazy person in the world. And I want my name to be a moniker of the IC, but it's not that. The reason why I do it and the reason why I've done it since day one is because every time I sign IC, every time I write my name with IC, it ties me to that. My name is solid. I have never broken my word in my life, and it makes me culpable. That's extremely important. Accountability in this world is the one thing you don't have anymore. Let me explain to you. I'll give you a perfect example of accountability that literally just happened. I have 22 guest stars coming from England on British Airways. British Airways just decided to go on strike for the first time in 100 years. Now the thing is, is when you book group sales through British Airways, you go through the group sales phone queue. The group sales phone queue is only open during the week. So I find out on Friday night after everything shut that all my guest stars have no flights. Right. So what I did is I spent the last two days of my life fighting through British Airways, through American Airlines, making sure to re get every single flight for every single guest. All this work, brother, did three weeks ago. Now, the thing is, is I could have tossed my hands up in the air. I could have been, oh, this stinks. Oh, this blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I called and called and called, and all I got was low-level employees that didn't care. And I got hung up on. And I got beep, 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 busy signals. That's the difference. 
you get ripped off on the IC, you get some repro, you come to me. And I go talk to that person, we work it out, or we toss them. That's why my name's tied to it, man, because somebody needs to be accountable for what goes down. Right. And that's me. And I'm willing to take on that pressure and that hassle, and it causes things like this to happen because I happen to bail somebody out because they lost three grand. You know what I'm talking about with the John Paul thing. Right. And all I did was I thought a guy was my friend. He ended up not being a friend. And all I did was cover John Paul for a little while, which he respected. And it was just to make people stop fighting. That's all I'm trying to do, man, because fighting never gets us anywhere. Communication does. And my door is always open to communicate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, <clears throat> I don't know. We didn't really discuss it on the podcast, I don't think. Although I have no memory. Oh, of I don't anything. know. Yeah. But yeah, that, Sorry, that, 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 was, yeah. That, that was an interesting event because somebody sold a fake and they sold it through the IC. Or no, it was somebody that you vouched, no. that you vouched for. Well, and, what happened is it yeah. was, uh, I'll say it straight out, man. Sure. I don't Go for it. It was uh, Chris Hibbard and uh, he was a good friend of mine. He came into the IC about four years ago and uh, we met up at every celebration and every toy show and every everything we always went out had dinner um we bought boba fats both of us had a boba fat focus so we talked daily and uh he was a big weight from merrill lynch so what happened is all the way up until literally the day that john paul went and he bought something that some other guy wanted it was a power droid early production and it was like three grand and uh what happened is chris never sent it and I was like, there is no way this guy's a big way from Merrill Lynch. Well, I know why he did that. And John Paul put up a post on his 12-back board blasting him, just saying, oh, Hibber did this, Hibber did this, he's a scammer. I'm like, no way. Because think about it, man. If you've been to all these different events and you've broken bread with these people, you know what I mean? You, you build a friendship. But, I mean, it's the same thing that happened with that rocket set that that dude stole because he stole a billion things, you know? Right. Like, that dude people trusted. You don't know until... They really do something horrible. So he never shipped the early production. John Paul, John Paul put up the post. I went on there because it's somebody I've known for years. And I was like, there's no way he did it, dude. Let me send you the money just to buy him time to get in a response because he wasn't responding, wasn't responding. But it was only like a day, you know? So at that time, I still figured he was, I don't know, out of town. And uh, so that's why I just covered it. And John Paul was cool with that. And then... I got like yelled at because I covered it. Now the thing is, man, I vouched for Chris. Yeah. I thought he was trustworthy. That's on my name because my name is signed with the IC. I am accountable. So do you think I woke up in the morning and I said, gee, I'd like to fight with all these big wigs for the next three weeks and lose $3,000. No. Yeah. But it was the only way to say, Hey, you know what, dude? Not only did he screw up and is he a horrible person that robbed us and will never be allowed into any group I ever even touch again, but I'm going to cover it so you're not out of pocket and didn't get totally screwed. Even though it didn't happen on my board, Chris was an admin of the IC and therefore I'm accountable. Same thing that happened with Amy Seema, man. She was a great seller forever and then she just started not shipping anything to any of the people overseas she was getting stuff for. You know how people ship to people overseas? Right. And that happened, but I covered all those. And I'm not saying I'm going to cover every single scam on the face of the planet, but right. if it's on me, man, and I was like, oh, no, you could trust them with friends and family. It's yeah. my problem if it doesn't come through, dude. Yeah, and I, I thought that's a really good case study because, I mean, I remember when I was starting to 
collect, there was a very, very prominent, we're talking editor on the archive collector, who had a lot of personal problems, psychological problems, substance problems, and completely flaked out. And um, he was never nice to me, so I, 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 ne I never considered him a friend. And you know, everybody on the archive for like six months was vouching for him, saying that they would pay everything for him until eventually they had to give up. Um, another story is someone who I'm still friends with, who I see a couple times a year. Um, he just like had some personal problems or something and he was selling t-shirts and he just dropped off the face of the earth after people had paid him. And I did exactly what you did. I just said, I will pay for every single t-shirt because I know he's going to come through. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay for it. And he, he did come through and the, what I saw, and I, I said this at the time that I thought people were being pretty unfair to you because they were, they were just saying that you were doing it just to seem like, like a big man and like just to seem okay. And at a certain point, like, even if you were being altruistic for selfish ends, you were still being altruistic, but also just to assume that level of bad faith, I thought was a bit extreme. Um, so, you know, well, I think yeah. yep, that's the way it is, man. When you're, when you're in the spotlight, like I am, and that's not something I chose. I mean, I just made a group that snowballed, man, and I just keep running with it because I'm more willing to go live. Well, I, I'm more I, willing I, to I, show I challenge you on that, Mike. I, I think you do like being in the spotlight, and, 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 I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, I mean, if, if you really didn't want to be, like, the face of everything, like, you don't have to be. You know what I mean? Um, so, like... Well, yeah, but see, the thing is, is I completely disagree with that point since we're having a conversation about it, brother. Yeah, yeah. I know that's the way a lot of people feel, but my feeling is, is when, all right, let me tell you when I started recollecting. Right. I started recollecting like seven years ago, yep. and I was on a different board, giant board. People have heard this story before, and I was giving away free figures because I was buying up large lots of figures in order to get a nice complete set. You know how you just buy Darth Vader heads until you get there? Right. And uh, what I was doing is I was just giving away the extras in the Who Am I contest. I would zoom in, change the picture to black and white, say, Who Am I? And it was on the big Star Wars board. And then everybody would guess. Whoever guessed first got the figure for free on me. People started trolling me on those posts. And obviously it's not controlled because it's an open group and they don't care who's in there. But uh, people started trolling me on those posts saying I was trying to data mine people's addresses in order to find out who had collections to rob them. Okay. <laughs> Every time I started posting that. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'll start my own board. I'll go over here. Went, opened up the IC, man. I never thought it was going to have over 500 people. In real life, I have a trucking company. The thing is, is it was an injustice that I was mad at. So I started my own group and said, I'm still going to give away my figures. You can't stop me because I started my own group. People hated that. Oh, you made the same group. You made the same group. You know what? It's not the same group because you're not allowed to cuss people out. You're not allowed to harass them. I don't care who you are, from an admin to Steve's hand suite. You can't cuss somebody out on the IC. I'll kick you. It's right. just the way it is. Any of the admin team will. It's the rules. And since there was no place like that, that's all I wanted to create, man, because when I play Star Wars, it is not because I am living in a basement and dying for drama in my day-to-day -day life. I play Star Wars because I run high-level businesses that are extremely difficult and stressful. And it allows me to have free time that I enjoy that can remind me what it was like to be a kid. That's priceless to me, man. And people are in these things for different reasons. That's why I'm in this. Nobody else was doing it, man. 
Nobody else was making a nicey. It used to be called the Lovey Dovey Group. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, was, I was so late yeah. to the Facebook game that, I mean, there's like an entire like couple years of the Kivecast where you can hear me like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. who Ross was. Like, I, I was Well, even totally if you go late. back to Rebel Scum, man, which is yeah. a wonderful board and more information than you could ever hope to ingest in an entire lifetime, which is wonderful. But... Didn't people used to really rip on people really, really hard on that board, man? Like a lot. You know, sometimes it, it was, it was moderated. Other, okay, but yeah. Have you been on any other Star Wars group ever that doesn't allow people to cuss each other out? Yeah, yeah, I guess not. I mean, I... That's yeah. what I built, man. I built something completely different, and people didn't get that. And some people didn't. And some people did. If you want to come play Star Wars toys come to the group if you want to fight and cause drama and hate on people because they got something before you or after you or because you just don't like the way they talk then go somewhere else so that's why i started the ic man the ic snowballed and then i started doing meetups because people were like oh you're going to be here let's meet up those meetups started with five people, 10 people 20 people and then you saw the one at celebration there were 250 people in that room man yeah the thing snowballed so i decided to make a con which is essentially just an IC meetup on a grand scale that happens to be right near my house. And I decided to do that when I was sitting at a convention with a $750 VIP badge around my neck, $750 VIP badge around Andrea's neck, my wife. And we're sitting there and I'm sitting over a plate of orange chicken. I wouldn't feed like my worst enemy, dude. <laughs> and it was like $20 and I got an $8 Coke in my hand and I was ticked off. There was nothing but one table in this place, one couch, and a tepid water cooler in the corner. And that is $1,500 worth of VIP. So I was sitting there with my wife, and Dave O'Brien happened to be there as well. And I said, that's it. I can do this better. I can do it a lot cheaper. I can give people free stuff. I can make it a nice experience. You yeah, can well, come to this convention, man, for under 200 bucks with free parking. Yeah, through and, the door, and I, all you I, want. I ended up with a lot of the surplus fanny packs, which if you're making different colors this yeah. year, I'm I'm pretty excited about. No, um, I will never <laughs> make fanny packs again, bro. I got like 500 of those, and literally like 17 sold. Nobody yeah. wants fanny packs but you. <laughs> well, well, then in in that case, maybe we could have a thing, you know, at the next archive party or something, where it's, see, like we could have a competition for how many fanny packs can you wear at once. Um, so I you, love it. You know, just just bring them all there. Full of them, dude, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, it's uh, in in the in the open letter. I think what I said that really just remains the. I mean, all of it was not entirely tongue in cheek, like, but you know, it was intent. I knew it was condescending, uh, but I also thought that it was important to say because one of the things that that I think you understand now about me and that I've I've tried to help you understand is that. Like if I seem abrasive, it's because I really want to to like treat you like you are what you say you are. So like like I'm not just gonna assume that I'm like I'm not assuming anything good or anything bad about you, but like I'm trying to treat you as seriously as you should be treated. And so in doing that, like I think I come across as a little bit abrasive because you know I haven't always agreed with. Yeah, it's not necessarily you. It's just it's just anybody. And then I guess you know because I've been around a little bit longer than you. I mean, not really that much longer, but a little bit longer. Like it comes across as more like like I'm part of some well, kind of some kind of council or something, which which it really <laughs> you isn't. For sure are. But well, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know though because like because I mean, but that's wonderful. See, here's the thing, dude. Is okay. 
you remember how you were saying before you got onto Facebook, you really didn't love the whole Facebook thing and you kind of gave us grief and we're like, oh, we don't know who you are and you're nothing or something right? Uh, vaguely like that. Yeah, basically. The thing is, dude, is what's happened over the years. Over the years, it's gone through, I don't like that guy, he's doing something weird, to, well, maybe he's not that bad, to, well, maybe I'll have him on the Chivecast a couple years ago with his Collector's Galaxy podcast with those other guys and we'll do a mashup, which was, what was it? We did a... Uh, Crunchy, Crunchy. Remember Crunchy, yes, I do. Yeah, and then we met up at a couple shows, and then we met up at Celebration, and then, you know what I mean? That's how a friendship and a relationship grows and trust grows. The thing is, is I'm sure you can see, as most anybody else out there can see, is that since I am big and since I am loud and since I do, do major events for this community, I do have that target on my back. Therefore, no matter if I win, lose, or draw, or walk across the street, people are going to think I did something wrong or right. The thing is, is I always let those... You saw what just happened, man. I mean, there was people flipped out because some person from last year that was at the convention that actually stole money and did a bunch of bad things, the only person to be on the actual convention not allowed in list, um, said that I, like, bought 144... 12 bags that were perfect condition and I stole them from my admin team. Right. Now, that went onto every single board. It went onto your page. It went onto the Bounty Hunter page, even though it, well, it went onto your page. It went onto the Bounty Hunter page. And I let everybody go nuts all day long. Feel free. I was doing other things, man. I'm trying to run a convention. At that time, I was trying to order T-shirts and get the screen presses done. So I don't really care if people want to say I got, if people want to take the word of a non-collector, that is literally a documented danger to society that has restraining orders from Stephen King and Anne Rice. Go ahead and Google it. Okay. And says, I have uh, that Mike Haven stole 144, bro, 144 12 backs from his admin team, and 30 people believed it. Yeah. And ran with it all day. Dude, I got so many PMs that were like, that's right, finally they got you, blank, blank. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, dude, what are you talking I didn't do nothing. All I had to man, we there were 12 backs. They popped in the IC admin chat. I called the guy and bought him. Before I even bought him, I wrote in the admin chat that I was going to hook anybody up, anybody that wanted them on the back end. I would totally give them to them at cost because obviously they're on my admin team. I always do that. And... I said, I'd give him to anybody at cost. This one guy flipped out to one guy, gave him half a story because he didn't read that comment that had a timestamp on it. And then it all went from there. And that's what happens when you start a wildfire with gasoline, whether it's real or not, or truth or fact or fiction. If you start a wildfire, that's what happens. And so I let you guys get it all, not you guys. Well, brother. I gotta say, you left it up on your page, and your page is supposed to be what satire. Oh, oh, so, I mean, so you you're, you're, you're referring to the to the mock page, days. right? So yeah. yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't know if you'll ever really understand board on me, and I don't really understand that. But okay, so so the mock page and its relationship yeah. to you is very difficult because I actually do, I do actually admin it. Whenever I feel like they are, there are personal attacks on you. However, so like, when a non-collector writes up a thing like that and tries to slander me in a 400-word post with cussing and body shaming, oh, that okay. doesn't okay, so, fall under delete. Okay, so this is the thing: that guy mm-hmm. who keeps on yeah. attacking you makes you look really, really good. 
I actually I don't think... care, man. Why is he in your group? He's not a collector. Four collectors, by collectors. No, f- first of all, first of all I, I have kicked him out before. I don't know how he ends up back. So, I mean, part, part of that page... Because he has page... stock accounts, but you right. just let him in. But, but, but the thing is, is that the, the humor of somebody who hates you so much and has such a little grasp on reality is... I think fairly evident, and I don't think. Well, don't you already I, have Joe for that, and he's a collector, bro. Yeah, so. yeah, but you see, but you see, like, like Joe's very different because, like, I respect Joe and like Joe. I just wish that he would chill out a bit when he talks about you, because there's ways of talking about. I wish you he that, would just talk the fact ever, bro. Yeah, yeah, but everything I say is fact. Look it up. But and but that's that, what I'm trying to say. But that that guy provides so much comedy in his ridiculousness. That at least yes, in my judgment, bro, it doesn't it have, doesn't make you look bad, dude. If you want to have some stand-up comedian on your Star Wars page that doesn't even collect Star Wars toys, that's totally up to you. I don't care who you have on your boards. I'm just trying to explain to you the reason why the IC is set up like it is, right. and the reason why I am held accountable for it. Because that kind of stuff, man, does not help this hobby. It hurts people. It causes drama in my life when I'm trying to build things for this community, when I'm trying to keep prices down. You don't think I could charge $5 a person for parking? Yeah. You know that would net me an extra maybe 10, 12 grand, and I lost a ton of money last year on this convention? But no, why am I not doing that? Because I don't want to be a dirtbag. I want to play toys with my friends. Anyone that ever wants to play toys with their friends can come join. Right. I'll never hold it against them. Man, we've had, there's people that I've had major conflicts with that you've known over the years yeah. that come to the conventions and are totally cool and are even helping now. I'm yeah. all about that. Man. Yeah. No I, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, the discussion about whether or not the mock page is, is bad for the hobby and, you know, Brian, Brian Angel, a good friend of mine, uh, I, I think he's legitimately upset with me because he's so certain that it's bad for the hobby. And, and I understand that perspective. The, the way that I think about it um, is that, I think there's something useful in having a space where people say things out loud that they might not say otherwise. So I see it almost as a kind of uh, like pressure valve or something. So like, so so I don't think people can do that if they're afraid of offending somebody. I don't think that they can do that. Yeah, but that's what Twitter is for, man. I'm I'm speaking to the one non-collector that you let go nuts on your page with 10 sock accounts yeah. that literally has restraining orders from famous people that you can Google. That's yeah. what I'm asking. Why is that guy on your page? He's not even a collector. Yeah, he doesn't I, even touch Star Wars. He's just funny, but I mean, but so, well, <laughs> I mean, that that's that's the, thing. That's, the, thing, that's the short it's reason. It's different different than when you guys when i started the ic completely differently than that right instead of yelling at you every day until you shut the page what do i do i say you know what that's the way that sky Payne wants to play star wars and that's okay too do i participate in it only to clear up all the lies man right but it's not for me personally, but but, I, but I'd is argue it for that a there, certain group of people, sure. But there's sort of it's two, not my choice to say you shouldn't yeah. have it, bro. I'm but just there, saying my feelings. There's sort of two sides of the same coin. I would argue that that in a way, what the mock page tries to do is have a place for the community and have it be a place where people can laugh at themselves and laugh at other people. I mean, I, I might end up shutting it down eventually, mainly because, well, see, because people don't know how bro. to laugh at themselves. And so that, yeah, that's, that's but, the, see, the issue. Laughing at yourself is totally fine. 
when you're laughing at other people, see, here's the thing, and I don't mean to cut you off, man, but I do have to say it because this is where the disconnect is. Yeah, sure. You feel that it is a good way for people to vent. I feel it is a good way for bullies to bully. Yeah, and if that's be. what you want, fine. But you can go scroll through your page and the posts that you haven't deleted for being unbelievably horrible as far as body shaming or cussing or just straight death threats towards me have, if you just still scroll down the page to every single post, 90% of the posts are about the IC from four different people, just four people, man, that cause all these issues and all these dramas. And the reason why is because they don't like me because they used to be the king of the world. And for some reason they think that's what I'm trying to do. But I'm not, man, or else I wouldn't be giving all the super collectors and clubs free booths and free tables. And I wouldn't be reaching out to somebody like Joe, who's telling me off on a regular basis to say, hey, bro, why don't you come and just do an Uze talk for the collectors? Right. And I mean, I'm why not, would I do something right, like I'm, that? I'm not saying that you, that you are or are not trying to become the, you know, the king of the world. But one could argue that inviting more respected and established people in – is a way to gain that power, not necessarily a way to well, push it away. And again, I'm, I, see, I, I don't think that you're trying to take over the world, but people, it's understandable that people would not see that as an excuse as to why. Because this is the thing. I, mean, I think the, the ultimate thing is that some people don't like your style, and that's fine. But your style, but your style is very effective, and it's gained you a lot of power and influence. So people who don't like your style sort of have to live in the world that your style has created, and your style has kind of moved and taken over a lot of space. And so for those people, like people not necessarily who don't hate you, who don't think that you're the devil, whoever, whatever it is, it's 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 hard because things have changed in a way, and it's not like these people are good or bad, and it's not like they were letting the hobby die. But I think for a lot of people, like that change has been difficult, and because it's so centered around you as as a person, and I, I know you may not want it that way, but it ends up being that way. Um, that I, I think that creates a lot of that a lot of that difficulty and a lot of that pushback to you, which again, well, you might take more personally than it really is. Because I think, I think, I, I think Ross Barr was feeling that outside. too. Ross Barr was feeling that yeah. too. Sort of, I mean, I think with CAS, he's kind of backed off a bit. But um, I mean, you guys have very different personalities, very different approaches, but I think he was getting that a lot too. Um, well, Ross Barr is a nice guy that I can call my friend that when I first started the IC was one of the biggest thorns in my side. Right. Right there is a perfect example of how people, once they give each other a shot and communicate, can come together and be friends. Now, here's the thing, man. You said before that it, uh, oh, shoot, I just forgot what you said. But I did have a comeback for that one, man, because it's like, <laughs> it's really not like that, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what it was. Though. Well, well, I'm, in, in general, I think what I would say is, it, is that, it's what I said in the open letter, there really is a question of time, um, because... Again, I said it on the episode 99, I think, you know, if, if it weren't for Toys R Us being so litigious, my podcast would be the Gus cast, right? I mean, it, right. the archive was called Toys R Gus. It's not like things around, you know, centered I around remember. individual personalities are necessarily bad. It's just, you know, you're not yeah. Gus. And you might end up being Gus in the future, right? I mean, like... Yeah, there, but I don't want to be Gus. No, no, I know, but That's I mean, not like... what I want. But what I mean is that, like, there is a, 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 there is a non-zero chance that over time your contributions 
and your visibility and your ability to share things and create things will be on that level. That is possible in time, but there is no, but there is no telling when that time will come or how much time that will take. Which is, it's not what I'm after, number one, man. Number two, but even if it was what I was after, and whether it comes or not, that's totally fine, and it's not like I'm going anywhere. Now, when I opened the IC, when I, before I opened the IC, man, people said I wouldn't ship those items. When I opened the IC, they said it would last a week. When I, the IC got to be a bigger group, hit 10,000, they said, oh, it's going to get out of control and be a disaster, and you're not going to be able to stop people from cussing and blah, 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 blah. When it hit 21,000 people and became the largest vintage Star Wars group on Facebook. Now, I'm talking it's a closed group, so you know as being an admin that those numbers are completely different than an open group. It's the largest vintage Star Wars page on Facebook, and people still said, Oh, it's going to flop. He's trying to pull a scam, whatever. And then what happened? I said, I'm going to throw a convention and I'm going to put William Shatner in a barn in Tennessee. Come on out. Check it out. People said he's lying. He's pulling a scam. He's trying to rob people. He's full of blah, blah, blah. blah. What did I do? Kept my head down and kept doing what I was doing to grow something for this community, to make something nice for this community. I reached out to certain people, and those certain people came, like Ron and Chris. And now I know you said, well, that's a good way to bring legitimacy or to gain legitimacy. Right. Um, that's not why I get them. And the reason why, for example, the reason why I wanted to talk to you on the phone and the reason why I always stay in communication with you or have, uh, have uh, Ron come or something like that or reach out or even reach out to Joe, who I don't have the best relationship with, but still he is the authority on Uze. Period. Right. The reason why I still reach out to these people is because their information and their knowledge and the things that they have built have completely laid the groundwork and given me the opportunity to do what I do, which is fun for me, man. I mean, I have real jobs still. You can go Google. <laughs> yeah. This is fun for me. So the thing is, is by pulling them in and saying, hey, I appreciate how much work you've done to this hobby, done for this hobby, how much you've grown it and built things. Why don't you come share that with the next generation? Why don't you tell people? Why don't you sign your book? Why don't you? And they've been supportive because they want this. And this year, more people have been supportive. And next year, more people will be supportive. Now, people have always said this isn't going to happen. That isn't going to happen. Every single thing I have ever said, ever has come true every single one because i don't lie i tell the truth i don't rip anybody off and i don't sell any repo i mean even on my badge it's the only convention on the planet where the number one rule out of the only three rules on the badge are no repro right you know what i'm saying there's rules does that lose me money absolutely does that make some vendors scared to death to come yeah but you know what you can walk around a major convention and you're not going to get robbed you know why? Because my name's on it, Michael Havens, I see. And that's why. I'm accountable. All I right. had a guy call me up because he got repro last year, man. And I even made it right because I got the seller to send him a new one and to fix it because it was just a mistake. But those kind of little things, man, that's the accountability. Awesome. Well, I think I think I think we've I think we've cleared the air. I think we've done a lot of good a lot of good pub yeah. for the for the uh the uh, the convention. I think sort of you know in in the future you know I um, you know I, I always think that that one of the best sort of pro Mike Havens things I've ever heard is was in talking to Ron and in his usual understated thing just like ah Mike's Mike's a good guy this is cool 
Cohen is doing his thing. And like some, something like I'll that. You, and I think brother, that, Ron was yeah. the first person to buy a VIP badge to my first convention. Yeah, and I and I, I think that he's he he's probably the, the the closest thing to like the spiritual guardian of the hobby who you know is surprisingly, you know like. So, he's a good guy, man. And every time I've asked him a stupid question that is way below his mental capacity grade, he always answers me and helps me. Because I'll be like, man, I'm looking for this flyer from like 78. And he'll be like, oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm and, like, oh, that's awesome. And, and so that that's the way that I'm going to go forward. I'm also, you know, I, I, I also hear other people who don't like your style and who are afraid that you're – a flash in the pan or that you're ego driven. I don't believe that you are, but I also think that that is an understandable reaction to you. Like, I don't think it's, it's a, a, fanci- Brother, it's a fanciful too. thing. So, so, I, do so like I'm, but, yes. Yeah. That's why I always say, man, and I know people think it's corny, but I always say anyone is always welcome to come play toys at anything I see ever in the future. If we had problems back in the day, as long as you leave it at the door and follow the only three rules, no repro, no stealing, no cussing, no cussing out other people. I mean, you could swear, man. I don't care. Right. I live in 2019. But just when you say, hey, you, Sky, are a blank blank, that's inappropriate. You know what I mean? Right. So those kind of things, those are the only rules. You want to follow those rules, man? There is absolutely no one on this planet that I would not let come play. All right. Well, cool. That that sounds like a, a good place to stop it, and I'm sure we'll end up talking at the next thing. Last time we had some yeah, people but... re- report back uh, from the convention. I think we'll probably do that again if you know someone who's a who's part of the archive world wants to record something, say what it's like. Yeah, I love it. I think it was what Ron was last time, and somebody else was uh, it. Yeah, I think it was Chris Ron. Or... Ron and Yehuda, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Yehuda, sent, yeah. Sent sent back some information, so we should probably cool. do that. All right, and I'll, I'll. Well, man, maybe we'll change it a little next year, and we'll get you out, brother. Yeah, sounds You'll good. You'll dig it, man. It's so fun. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I would. It's all the things I like. All right, cool. Well, then uh, we'll uh, good luck with the convention, and we'll talk to you soon. Cool, brother. Thanks a lot, Sky. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, so I'm sure I'm sure that's gonna go well, Steve. Yes. Um, Okay. And oh, you know, the last thing we can do, Steve. (laughs) Well, there's always that. Yeah. Yeah. There's the 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 YouTube um, debacle, Steve. So (laughs) people are not listening to me. They are not signing up on our YouTube. Uh, It's but. (laughs) Like it's kind of crazy, actually. Um, <laughs> the Kivecast channel has only two hundred and thirty-six subscribers, and my channel, my stupid music channel, has three hundred and twenty-six. Ah, uh-huh. so you're so, still you're still ahead here. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost a hundred ahead of you guys. So I'm sitting here talking about you know uh, Chance the Rapper and Man in the Echo and all that stuff, and and really. The podcast is way better than my stupid YouTube channel. So please go to YouTube. Please subscribe to it. Um, it's the only way we know that anyone listens to our show. Right. Yeah, that is like the only quantifiable. <laughs> so yeah. There's got to be other ways, but. Yeah, we're, we've never been too great about, <laughs> yeah, about oh, that. But. Oh, you know what? Uh, another nice kind of feedback. Uh, uh, Javier from Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, you know, I love your show, and if if you notice that you get a couple of listens from Spain, I'm your guy. And I remember thinking, like, how how would I know that someone from Spain listened to like he made <laughs> reference to some kind of podcast app or tracker or something, Podbean. 
Are we on Podbean? I don't even know. You know what? It's it's funny that you mentioned that because I I was trying to look up something on an old episode recently and a Podbean thing came up on Google. So apparently our backlog is on Podbean. I don't know how it got there, but that's awesome. What is Podbean? <laughs> you know, people should have clued out by now. So I'm gonna yeah, look right. up Podbean Kivecast. <laughs> Well, will you look at that? Look at all these old episodes. I think it's like a well. I think you can you can host at like the Vintage Rebellion hosts on Podbean directly, but I think maybe it also kind of uh, aggregates other podcasts depending on how you release them. So, yeah. Look at that. Our last episode is right here. <laughs> is there a way to find out how many people have listened to it? That I haven't looked into yet, but. Who are these guys? What gives them the right to do this? So I guess this is how a lot of people listen to our show. I see. I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know. But there you go. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he sold me something and then threw in a lot of free stuff as well. It's a lot of just really awesome Chewbacca stuff from Spain. Oh, uh, great. I got those YoPlay stickers that I've wanted ever since we went to McElwain's house. Yeah, yeah. Um, like this really cool, like, oh, hey, we're doing recent acquisitions, like the British guys. <laughs> um, uh, should I stop? No, no, no go for it. We're taking, yeah. over their, we're taking over their format. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do an American accent. Here I go. Um, <laughs> so what I did was not. I got that's an American accent. Um, I I got uh, he sent this really cool like comic, kind of like the Serbian things, but yeah, it's right. a Spanish artist, and it's Chewbacca totally out front, and Han Solo behind him with like a weird green lightsaber. <laughs> and, awesome, uh, yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, he's great. I actually I I got a, a Spanish super eight from him not that long ago. So yeah, Javier's he's great. He's awesome. So we have fifty four <laughs> followers on this thing. No comments, so that, that makes sense. Uh, 124 <laughs> episodes. Claim ownership. Oh, there you go. A few minutes later. All right, well, I, I'm going to edit that all out. I, I We okay. now control our own podcast on Podbeans or whatever that is. Um, I'm trying to like look through the statistics. And I can't figure it out. But that just leaves us with the last thing. Uh, the, the baseball season is coming to an end, Steve. Uh, not soon enough We're getting for there. this Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, <laughs> it appears as though perhaps it'll be the Dodgers versus the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, that'll, maybe. That'll be maybe. Nice. Um, and currently, let's go to the league here. I'm holding steady at second place. Um, one and a half points. I might end up winning this year. Who knows? And Steve, you're down in seventh. So Ooh, yeah, I'm taking a taking a dive here. <laughs> that's that's what happens. That, right. that is what happens. Cool. So who's our next episode, Steve? Nine numb. That's the last of the sixty-five backs. Wow. This is this is a big one. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, Brisbane Brisbane on there. Maybe we'll get Brock. Ooh, what if it's the World Series? <laughs> it could be. Let's do that. That's yeah, we'll see. Right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. Like it'll be October when that. If that happens, but um, yeah, you know, <laughs> it could be just right. Yeah, it could be. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, Wampa Wampa. Adios.